You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 20 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Hannah, Joe, Patrick, Sarah, and Megan. So last time, we had an amazing chat with Chuck Huber, talking about his life and experience in the industry, not to mention his work as the best boy he This time, we are going to be talking about the Golden Seal movie and the OVA, Ezo Hakusho, um, with our good friend, Yu Hakusho Core. Welcome! Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Marcus. I run a, I guess you would call it a meme page. I consider it a shitpost page on Facebook, but um, <laughs> I'm just a nerd that likes Yu Yu Hakusho, and it helped me get through college, and I am never thought I'd be awesome. here. Welcome. We're excited to have you. Hey. But, Thank you for having me. Uh, would yeah. you Would you mind telling us a little bit of your like history with the series? Um, so, like most people, I found the series because of Toonami on TV. Uh, I guess I was probably in my preteens or so. But anyways, I watched it off and on. And then once it got to the Dark Tournament, that's when I started really paying attention. My favorite character... Growing up was Kurama. Um, he was the reason why I actually chose the major I did in college because he made it cool to me that you could focus on something that's not like everything else. Everything. He made it cool to me that you can focus on something that's not like a main thing. But um, mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, Yu Yu Hakusho core Yu Yu Hakusho was what I used to help me study while I was in college. It helped me get through some of the things in my life, and um, it's just one of my favorite animes that I've ever seen. I'm making my way through the manga right now, and uh, yeah. Nice, it's great to have you on. I think uh, I think we actually shouted you out on the last episode inadvertently when I posted that image of me drinking butternut milk out of shot glasses. Uh, what? How was yeah, that a shout out? I, did, I didn't know how to respond to that because you had added me to the Discord and I just was like, mm, can I say something? Because I'm Oh, <laughs> I remember now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we point, Joe pointed it out and I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty funny. But yeah, uh, I, I guess update, I did indeed vomit after that episode. God damn it. No. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you kind of deserve to. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's all, that's all, that's all I had near me. <laughs> oh man, I think it's probably a bad idea. You're like, oh, playing a drinking game, but I don't have alcohol. What's the nearest liquid I have? I mean, last time he made his own hot sauce, but he made it 90% vinegar and then 1% peppers. So, <laughs> by comparison, this is somehow better. How's I your did the milkshake challenge, but then I started chugging the milk and not feeling very well. But I survived that one. This one, though, was too much. It tasted like yogurt, like, you know, Greek yogurt. Imagine drinking that. Buttermilk is all the uh, fat. Like, here's what buttermilk is: is if you make butter, all the milk it's that the milk. Gets separated <laughs> from the butter. It's it's. I don't even know what it is. It's not. It's not good for you, man. In that large quantities. I'm not yeah. mad. I'm just disappointed. Fair. Real dad <laughs> hours. Yeah, I'm disappointed too. I wish I had something better to drink, but it was last minute, and I couldn't drink alcohol because I had to drive a bit. So I was like, oh dang. 
for comparison, someone else had Tampico instead because they had forgotten to bring alcohol. You know, Tampico, vastly superior. <laughs> so, of our two people, like, there's only two or three of us who actually drank during the thing. <laughs> out of, like, six. Yeah. So it worked out. Pretty, worked pretty out. bad odds. Or pretty bad, you know, ratio out there. Yeah, my, I think my general thought is the next time we do a drinking game, like, let's only do drinking stuff, it's going to be in person or else it's just, like, so awkward. I guess. The and we don't have was, stuff pre-prepared. Yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not as fun, especially when you're seeing people, like, we have the giant bottle in the middle of the room. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you guys, ready to, you guys ready to do this? Yeah. Ready to go back in yeah. time? Back in yeah, time. Yeah, let's go. Do, do, do. Back in time. Alright, nice. so for this episode, we're watching The Golden Seal. It is a original Yu Hakusho movie released in Japan on July 10th, 1993. It's the first English dub was done by Anime Works and Anime Maze. Um, released this in v- on VHS in America on June 9th, 1998, and then on DVD on June January 30th, 2001. Uh, Funimation later dubbed the, the movie and released it on DVD in the U.S. on December 13th, 2011, with Azohaka Show. And some background info. Originally, the movie premiered at the Toei Anime Fair on July 10th, 1993. Madhouse was one of the first companies who assisted with this. Um, They are known for Wolf Children, Summer Wars, Girl Who Left Through Time, and later worked on the Hunter Hunter movies, Phantom Rogue, and The Last Mission. And Golden Seal is considered one of the first and last Yuko Hakusho um, related properties or dub content to be released in English until the two OVA episodes um, are going to be released later this year or next year. Some fun fact trivia uh, with the 1998 dub, David Hayter uh, voiced Solid Snake. And in the movie voices, Karama. And then Wendy Lee, who's known for Bulma in DBZ. And also, if you watched um, Cowboy Bebop, she was Faye. Um, she voices the character, I'm going to probably butcher this, Quintinio. Quintinio. Uh, Quintinio. In the Golden Seal movie. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So here we have a series of screenshots that Patrick took. Uh, that I, I'd... Patrick, uh, would you care to describe these? I think uh, there's some interesting choices. Gotcha. So the first one is the during the opening tell theme that was uh, was translated and I was translated by the first dubbing team. Uh, what they call the opening theme song "Bomb of Your Smile." So pretty literally translated from "Smile Bomb." Uh, the lyrics is by Lee Sharon, which apparently Joe told me is. A parody of the Bruce Lee's Chinese name, uh, Lee. Sh- what was it? Lee what? So it's not. It's not a parody. It's the guy who did the the lyricist for it has used the stage name for a while, but they effectively just took Bruce Lee's Chinese name in its Mandarin pronunciation, which is uh, Li Xiaolong, and did the Chinese did the Japanese transcription of the Chinese, which would render it as uh, Ri Xiaoran. And the weird thing about this is not only is that saying, therefore, that the lyrics were done by Bruce Lee and, like, 
a lot of people in Asia would understand Lee Shao Ron to be like Bruce Lee as opposed to his name in, you know, the West, which is Bruce Lee. But this is also, not coincidentally, the name of uh car- like Sakura's boyfriend in the show Card Captor Sakura, where he's a nine year old kid from Hong Kong whose name is Li Shao uh, like Li Shao Ran, and it is also basically her just running around with a nine year old kid from Hong Kong named Bruce Lee. Yeah, and producers shit. really love Bruce Lee, so it's loved all over Asia. Yeah, one of the few I su- things. I suppose if you work, I suppose a lot of shonen anime was likely inspired by him as well. So, for sure. But uh, the other, the other screen titles that, or the other screenshots I took is the lyrics to Snow Bomb. It's those difficult people show me and dot 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 a little tenderness, I guess, which is kind of sounding like what I go to the doctor. Yeah, I feel a little, little tenderness, I guess. <laughs> Uh, the next one is a, uh, yeah, the next one is a, uh, is Yusuke uh, calling his best friend that we all know and love Kurohara. Uh, Would you care to spell that? Because I don't, I don't know if people are gonna know exactly the person you're talking about. Yeah, uh, K U W A H A R A. It's his best friend. You guys know him. I, I think he's always been called that. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Kazuma Kurohara. I love Kurohara. He's my favorite character in Yu Yu Hakusho. Seems le- seems legit to me. Yep, and uh, and of course uh, the mo- I guess this is the explicit version. Where they tried to do something different, where uh, uh, the villain threatened to blow Yusuke, which I don't I don't know what that was about. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I shared out a photo of it on the Facebook group. You guys can you guys can see for yourselves and sort of make <laughs> the your your opinions known. But I don't God know. Kind of a bold statement to you know add to the uh, the anime at least. The 90s were a weird time. For sure. Yeah, man. Very surprisingly progressive. But yeah, uh, Patrick, yeah, if you would just want to go ahead and now for real coverage of the story, take it away, man. All right. So the anime starts off with Botan racing over to Yusuke and Kurohara, who are beating the snot out of some guys, or at least trying to beat the snot out of some guys. And it turned out it's a classic gang war, all the warriors. Real big uh, Kinshiro energy, though. Like I don't know, did you get like did you get like Fist of the North Star vibes from this, Joe? Uh, vaguely, but I more just got like you know general anime delinquent tough guy type stuff. It it felt very much like uh the Maze Castle arc, like the part where they're like beating up uh the possessed people. It felt like that, except these dudes aren't possessed. Yeah, I guess I guess you could definitely say that Yusuke is a tough boy, tough boy, tough boy, tough boy. Marcus, sure. have you ever watched Fist of the North Star? Um. No, it is on my ever-growing list of animes and shows to watch. But Watch excerpts of it. It's not worth watching the whole thing. <laughs> Thank you for saving me the time. I beg yeah. you differ, but that's just my opinion. You'll get It's like Inuyasha, where there's a cycle that happens, and once you know the cycle, you're like, they're going to do this four more times, aren't they? Why did you have to bring up Inuyasha? That was a dark period of my life. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Anyways... <laughs> Alright, so uh, Botan interrupts the gang warfare and destroys the other gang completely by just landing and crashing into them. And they race off with Botan, who tell them of big big trouble in Little China that will interrupt their summer break. And uh, when they get there, it turns out uh, George is there in tears, and, you know, Kuruma has been kidnapped. Uh, George is weeping over his missing wife, telling him that they want a bitchin' vacation to Death Sea Beach to gawk at woman. 
Uh, I, uh, yeah, that's a I wonder quote. if this is supposed to be like a parody of the Dead Sea in Israel, or if this is like a direct translation of some Buddhist concept of a sea in the underworld, because there are like water formations in the underworld in Buddhist mythology. So I'm wondering which of the two it is. But you know what? Someone could do that research. It wasn't me this time. So does that mean there exists a Death Beach Boys band? <sighs> How many if, of the Beach Boys are still alive? Because, like, I mean, it will happen eventually. Uh, tech, uh, that's where it gets tricky. The Beach Boys canon what? and le- legit members are very complicated because technically Bruce Johnston is technically a Beach Boy, but as the original lineup, he doesn't count because... And then you get into the original guitarist who was who wasn't... He only did, like, the couple singles, and then they replaced them with... Uh, with Carl Wilson, so it gets complicated that whole canon. And I wish I was joking, but I'm actually not. It Jesus gets very Christ. complicated. But I guess official, like the classic lineup. Uh, there's five. There's only two people left, which is the which is um no actually no three people left. There's Al Jardine, uh, Mike Love, and Brian Wilson. They're alive. Uh, Carl and Dennis Wilson are dead. So technically, there's still three Beach Boys alive. Uh, I was not expecting this death of answer. I'm just going to say that in in 50 years, we will have a Death Sea Beach Boys. I've learned more yeah. about the Beach Boys than I have in the last 20 years of my life. In this last five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a, as you can tell, I might be a big, a big Beach Boys fan, but, you know, that's, uh, that's still up for debate at this point. But anyways, back to the plot. Uh, while playing a game of Break the Melon, he is kidnapped by some sand monster named... Garuga, I was actually going to call him uh, Sand... Garugamesh? Garugamesh, yeah. I was actually going to call him Sandman originally, but that wasn't his power, so... It looked like it, though. Uh, But for for whatever reason, he decides to introduce himself to all these people on the beach and adds a bunch of, uh, what's that called, exposition by saying that that he's demanding to bring the Golden Seal to Magma Valley by sunset or the little man gets it. So I'm not going to lie, my first impression of Garuga was he looks like a Jojo villain mixed with a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character. I got, I got I a Hunter s- vibe from uh, Resident Evil personally. I can see that. I can see I that. I can see all of that kind of combined. Yeah. He, he has the extraness of like Jojo characters, but it's like, yeah, but he's like also a cartoon. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on what form. Like second form, definitely Jojo-esque, but we'll get yeah. back. Get back to that in a little bit. But uh, have you guys ever watched um, like the original Megami Tensei OVA from the eighties? Yeah, Joe, we all watched that. No, I'm I'm serious. Like, I <laughs> no, I don't I know. You're into you're it. into obscurity, so I'm like maybe you've seen it. The reason <laughs> the reason I ask is the villain Loki looks kind of like uh, Garuga's final form. You know, I think you're right, but it's been so long, I can't picture. it. No worries. Yeah, shot in the dark. Let's go. Yeah, actually, he kind of does. Now I'm looking at it. Yeah, I think that was just kind of like what 80s monsters looked like in anime. So it's weird seeing it in the 90s. But yeah, you get the idea. Too bad it didn't look like Jack Frost, though. Nice. But uh, (laughs) anyways, uh, what is the gold seal, you may ask? I I know a lot of people are confused since, you know, it's never been brought up anywhere else. (laughs) But you know, I mean, it doesn't of course, matter. Yeah, of course, it's essentially the King Enma's 
crown, if you uh, per se, showing he controls the spirit world. If someone were to get a hold of it, they would become the controller of the said spirit world. It may be based on the heirloom seal of the Qin Empire of China, which was passed down through successive empires and even successive dynasties till the Fire Dynasties and Tin Kingdoms period in 907 to 1960, where it was lost after the Fire Nation did attack and God damn it. the master of all elements has uh. to save it. And yeah, so it was piece. basically the symbol of imperial rule in China from like 200 BC to like 900 something AD, at which point it was lost. And that's the closest I could think of off the top of my head of like what this probably was. Because I looked into King Enma like in Buddhist mythology and couldn't find anything about a seal. But I'm like, uh, what is a seal I do know about? Uh, then I was thinking about Romance of the Three Kingdoms where half the time they're talking about that fucking seal. It's not a game. Uh, it is a game, but it's based on an ancient Chinese novel. Well, a novel from the 1400s, but based on events from 200 AD. There's uh, four great novels in Chinese history. Not like as in there's only four good novels in China, but this is more like, oh, these are considered the four emblematic novels of historical China. And one of them is Journey of the West. You know, that thing that will haunt us for the rest of our lives. Uh, one of them is uh, The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which is a chronicle of a war that took place in China in like 200 AD. And then the other two are Sayuki, uh, not Sayuki. The other two are, uh, actually, is it Sayuki? I forget, but it's, uh, the water margin, which is the basis of, um, a couple Japanese RPGs. And then the fourth one is dream of the red chamber, which is a thing about intergenerational dynastic struggle. Would I Ching and wind in the willows be also on that list? Sorry, what? Would I Ching and Wind in the Willows technically be on that list? Uh, wait, is Wind in the Willows Chinese related? I don't know. And the no, no, I, I Ching... Wind in the Willows the, the the English English one. I mean, I mean, like in the the story of the giant inspiring books. Oh, so this is a a thing specific to China. If you're talking about the Western canon, I'd say generally in the Western canon, like the the great novels. If you were to try to make a comparative list, would be like. Don Quixote simply because it's like one of the earliest Western novels and like I don't know what else. I just know Don Quixote would be on there. I got yeah. you. But anyway, what about I Ching? You know, to this day I don't know what Don Quixote is actually about. I just know it's a it's like a like a, th- a store in Japan. It's a oh, where you okay. get all like the gift goods it, like and their I, mascot's a penguin. So I I wanna say that I do remember the story of Don Quixote, but I don't summarize anything. I don't remember anything that happens to it in it. I I remember reading it in school. Yeah, exactly. But I also watched a Netflix movie. Uh, what was it called? It's the one with the multi-layer prison and the platform. The platform, yeah. Yeah. So, from what I understand, Don Quixote goes on a journey to become a true gentleman to prove that chivalry is still alive and then he constantly gets his ass handed to him by people who are like you're too idealistic that sounds like get the... into the real world man oh. and he's also constantly had that belief that chivalry isn't dead you have to do what is right and it's... i don't remember anything else about the actual story it's an old man what the themes are yeah, that that's generally the themes. It's an old man who 
uh, it's not during the night period anymore, but he, he reads a bunch of books about knights, and he's going senile, so he's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll get on my horse, uh, leave my house, and become a knight, even though knights aren't a thing anymore. And it's about him just trying to be a knight in the Spanish countryside, like, hundreds of years after knights were a thing. So it's him, like, trying to fight, like, literal windmills, being like, it's a fucking giant, let's kill it. And then this peasant oh. who he's conscripted to help him just being like, yeah, I guess we can do this. Is that what that's referencing when they do that? I, Tilting I at windmills, yeah. Oh, I I, I watched a I, I watched Kirby right back at you, and they had Kirby fighting a windmill monster. I wonder if what that's the a fuck? reference. <laughs> no, I'm not I even didn't joking. know this would take this turn. I can yeah. anyway. I can understand why they named a liquor after that. Oh, Don Quixote. Yeah, I can yep. see that. Yeah, it's just like you'll drink so much you think are oh. fucking night. Oh, I get. It. Okay, I thought you meant like Resident Evil. All right, sorry, I'm I'm a nerd. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Yusuke then casually grabs the seal and the anime run to find Kurama to help out. Actually, I don't know if. Are they running towards Kurama or are they just running towards the seal? Because I was unclear about that. I so think they're for, running towards the seal. Kurama just happens to show up. So, from my interpretation, they just kind of booked it towards the uh, Death Valley. Yeah. That's how I, was, I interpret it. Yeah. And then Ogre kind of just noped out and said I was going to call Kurama and nothing came of it until. Obviously, he shows up. Okay, yeah, I must have, yeah, I must have misread that. I, I could have sworn they said they were going, but I guess, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, cut to Kur- cut to Quinma being tortured in Magma Valley by the notorious Shoda Kora Kurashura Kurashura Koashura. Like, so you know how Quinma's name literally means child King Yama. Yeah. Uh, Koashura means child Ashura. Did you change that? Because I could just want to put Loli. Did you put Shada? You 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 did put Loli. It's he's it's a guy, so it's a it's a show it's a Shoda. That's the equivalent term. Not not to derail, but can we mention the fact that he is in the room and then just disappears, and no one's like, oh, we're, okay. Yeah. I thought I imagined that because like Patrick's yeah. notes didn't include Hiei being there, so I was like, well, maybe he just showed up later, and I fucking inserted him earlier no, into it. He was there. What yeah, he was fuck? there. He was. I remember that. I don't know. Like now that you're thinking, I didn't think anything of it. But now I was like, wait, why didn't they just go with him? But exactly. The thing, the thing is that the way that it looked, I, I think my mind is like, oh, well, technically he's maybe running in the background, and that's why he attacked and helped Mm-mm. out. So but I don't know he, why he didn't help out when they're getting completely destroyed. He was there in the. I guess we'll call it the throne room because I don't know what it's actually called. The office. He was, yes, he he was there in the office. He was there when they showed the seal. They mentioned that King Enma was on vacation, which, one, why does Ki- King Enma always take vacations whenever things go bad? Always. <laughs> and then, whenever they do a little bit of exposition, Kiei just disappears as soon as they mention Kurama. Like, where did he go? Did he go and get Kurama? Why did Ogre say he was going to call him? Yeah, I, I have a weird. lot of problems with this movie. <laughs> it's not a... <laughs> Is I love you, Hakusho. This movie's not great. Is this technically a movie, yeah. though? Yeah, it's a movie. It, sometimes it's almost like they feel like they forget Hiei at certain moments, like the writers and the animators. So they like, include him when they remember him, and when they don't, there's just no explanation. And in I watched the sub in the dub. Hiei doesn't have any dialogue during the scene in the dub. So he just disappears, and he serves no point being there. 
except for just something to draw in in the frames. I don't understand why he was there. They didn't mention... Kuwabara mentions that he disappears and then he doesn't get talked about. They... I have a theory as to why he's there, and I think it has to do with trying to place it in the timeline, but I think that place is tenuous, and we'll talk about it later. Okay. Yeah, this just, makes no I just, sense. I just, I just wanted to make sure that my points were heard. Okay. No, you're absolutely right, and I thought I had imagined it, because I'm like, I could have sworn Hiei was there. Why isn't he here? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out, because I completely forgot. My brain was like, oh... I don't know, maybe my brain just saw so many bad animes, it just doesn't, it doesn't phase me anymore. It's, oh yeah, he's there, and yeah, he just disappears, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so last thing on the Ko-Ashura line, uh, Ashura is the Japanese reigning of uh, Asura, which is the Buddhist demigod of war. Um, also, like, uh, you know the game Ashura's Wrath? That's about an Asura. Hmm. So Ko-Ashura is effectively probably a son of one of these demigods of war. Hmm. Jeez. That... In in context of the end of the OVA, that kind of makes a little sense to me, but we'll get there when we get there. Demon mm-hmm. God Babies changing the world. I thought you were going to go into the Muppet Babies theme, but anyways. I, I was trying to, <laughs> but I forgot what the Muppet theme was. Muppet. You can do it. You do it because Demon I... God Babies, they make your dreams come true. There we go. Anyways. Joe knows it better than me. I, I remember watching it vaguely in, pre- in preschool, so it, it's been a while. I'm ancient, I like... so... I, I kind of like to forget that it existed, but, you know, sometimes Joe just makes me remember it. And when Joe says ancient, he's like 30, so... Hey, hey, ancient. hey, don't don't take shots at being 30, because I'm almost there. Almost. I'm, I'm 31. 31, Let me cry. you old-ass <laughs> bastard. Oh, it's like you should a, be throwing your retirement party now, man. It's like in Friends when, uh, uh I think, who was it that turned... One of them turned 30, he's like, oh, my, the life's all over now. What did I sign up for? I think for? it was Joey that turned 30, and it's like, oh man, my life's all over now or something. You know, God Marcus, damn. that's a good question. What did you sign up for? You know what? <laughs> this is, this, I'm enjoying my time here. Thank you for inviting me again. <laughs> We're enjoying you being here. Uh, yeah, we, we, this is common, so if you listen to us, this is pretty much a regular, so. Yeah. So, this is what you're in for when you listen to more of our episodes, but, uh, anyways. Yeah, let's just slam this out. Let's do it. Friend, friends aside, yeah. Basically, yeah, control spirit wants to control the spirit world and use a seal on a lot of papers. I don't know why he wants to do that, but I think he said something out that he just wants to stamp stuff and be in charge and throw it in uh, Quenma's face. Um, so Kurashura then places Quenma on a large stick surrounded by magma, which will collapse into lava by sunset. Uh, cut to the gang, anime running more towards Magma Valley, where they're ambushed by a ton of demons that want that golden seal too. They begin to fight the demons, run for it, and need to watch out for rolling rocks and 0.5A presses. But uh, back at Magma Valley, that's a reference to uh, speedrunning Super Mario 64. Very obscure. But uh, uh, the gang runs into tree monsters, which began attacking them. Yeah. No, sorry. Back Back to Magma Valley again, where... Kushura explains to Quenma that he was mean to him, and doing this is his revenge. But another villain with shifty eyes seems to think otherwise of Kushura getting control. So very, very, very shifty. Uh, So, Hmm? for me, like I said, I had never seen this before, and instantly I was like, oh, so he's going to (laughs) betray. Yeah, no, same. I had never seen this before either, and I'm like, how? Okay, I I know how this is going to end. Okay, he's the big guy. 
I just was like waiting to find out who Garga actually was because I'm like I've never heard of Garga and like I'm somewhat knowledgeable about like ancient Buddhist like mythology and like Hinduism as well and I'm like I've not heard of Garga so where is this going? Who is he actually going to be? I w- I was more surprised that Korshura was the uh, big bad initially, but as soon as yeah. that base showed up, I was like, okay, I see what's happening. All right, for sure. All right, so yeah, so the gang runs into the tree monsters and begins attacking them, and guess why? They want the seal too, I guess. Everyone uh, the, just wants the seal. They want to seal the deal. Seal. But uh, then a gargoyle starts attacking them and steals the seal away from them. And when steals all the hope, seal, there's no deal. Steal seal, no deal for real. Got to pay the troll toll. <laughs> Too many dad jokes. <laughs> Keep Too going. Uh, when all hope has seemed to be lost and everything is in despair and destruction, a thorn whip appears from afar, and it's our man, and it's our main lad, Krama, here to save the gang, along with best boy Hie, who gets the seal back, and they seal the deal and sealing the fate of those sealed demons and seal oh. them back into the seal <laughs> of the ground. Seal Lucy nope. in the Sky with Diamonds. All right. Uh, what was that one song Seal did? Kiss from a Rose. Oh my god, I was not expecting that. I was what I was waiting to see if someone was going to make that joke, but I didn't think it was going to happen. Perfect. I'm so glad you're here, Megan. You're welcome. You're welcome. Gotcha. Alright, so then they are chased by more demons, and both Kurama and Hiei lay them all out flat while the gang rushes towards the valley before sunset. Unfortunately, where they encounter more demons to try to mega-murder them. So I don't know why there's so many demons that want to mega-murder them. Probably for the seal thing, but, you know. Have you guys played, like, fucking arcade, like, shoot-em-ups, like Area 51 and all that shit? Uh, Is that a shoot-em-up? Or is that... No, not shoot them up. Sorry, arcade like light gun games. Because this feels like a fucking light gun game. They're just going through areas and getting attacked and having to do quick time events and shit. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Time Crisis. This fucking movie is Time Crisis. I actually thought of it more. I I don't know if you ever played Dragon's Lair or. uh, Oh, okay. It's kind of Dragon's Lair. You ever play Cliffhanger? Uh, no, but that's the one that uses Lupin footage, right? Yeah, it's essentially that vibe I'm getting from it. It's like you know, jump, jump. Yeah, Jesus like, Christ. It is crazy how much this feels like one of those it, games. To, to me, it felt like, you know, like when you're playing a video game and it gets to a climax, but they want to keep you engaged. So they put a bunch of quick time events. Yeah. yeah. That's what this entire thing felt like to me. It's the fucking oh, RE4 yeah. Chainsaw Man, the movie. <laughs> it's, it's rolling down the cliff and getting crushed by it 12 times because you can't mash the A button fast enough. God damn it. That totally didn't happen to me, by the way. I'm pretty bad nice. at these games. Uh, all right. Anyway, so uh, when with a giant maze style castle boost, f- with a giant maze castle, with a giant maze castle style boost from Kurama. So, got it. Let me repeat that. Sorry, I can't I'm, tell I'm, how much is the joke. <laughs> I don't know if you're joking. I keep or saying maze say over maze? and over again. I don't know why I keep saying calling it maze and not maze. It I'm does look like more. a Japanese word to a degree. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm just so used to pronouncing Japanese shit. I'm just so used to oh oh Maze Castle. No, it's just maze. God damn it. Anyways, Maze Castle. <laughs> with a giant maze castle style boost from Kurahara, Yusuke makes it over the wall just in time, demanding Ko- Koenma's release. 
Uh, Quinma is then untied, which I'm kind of surprised they're willing to do that. But uh, And then Yusuke casually flicks over the seal over to seal. Now I'm going to stop doing that. And Kurashura is now the ruler of Spirit World, or <laughs> the controller of Spirit World, whatever. I don't know. It's not very clear. And plans to make Quenma a busboy. Or will he? Dun, dun, dun. Graga then says, LOL, no. Flicking Kurashura away and taking the seal for himself. Now becoming commander of the spirit world. Who could have seen this uh, coming? Yep. No one saw it coming. Uh, Yusuke then shoots his ray gun at, at Garunga, but is deflected back and injures Yusuke. Garunga is then revealed to be the demon fugitive Yasha. Yashao. Uh, and and you want to do this note, Joe? Yeah. Uh, Yasha is from a Hindu and later Buddhist demigod known as Yakshas in uh, Sanskrit. And it is also the namesake of Inuyasha, you know, going back to that, the dark period in Marcus's life, uh, which comes Dang. from dog, a.k.a. Inu, and nature demigod, Yaksha, and which becomes Yasha in Japanese, so he's Inuyasha. What does Inu mean? Inu just means dog. Oh, do- so literally the name of Inuyasha is dog god? Yeah, so if you look at, like, the names of Japanese dog breeds, like, you know Shiba Inu? That literally just means yeah. the type of dog from the Shiba area. Huh. I'm learning all kinds of new things. So, essentially, we could have all avoided this and finished it off as long as Yusuke just said, sit, boy. Is that what you're telling me now? Yeah. Oh, God, why? He could have brought a schoolgirl with a bow and arrow, you know. But who's, uh, there's a lot of fanfic crossovers oh, yeah. for that. No, like no. Kagome is Yusuke's cousin. <laughs> they, don't, they don't exist. Let's uh, keep on with, going with the plot. We can't, we can't ignore it, man. We have to dive into this deeply. It turns out we need Marcus on the show to just keep us no, regular. Please, please. <laughs> so go ahead. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll do the fan fiction discussion later on. I got an awesome one. Anyways, no, we're done with fan fiction uh, forever. <laughs> No. Uh, Yusuke tells Botan to get Lord Enma, while Yasha tries to yeet both Kuruenma and Kurashura into the lava. Uh, lava. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? Uh, Botan tries to save them, but gets swatted away by Yasha. So, everyone's getting swatted away today. It's not, not a nice thing. Uh, Yusuke, Yusuke gets the pissed. Why did I write that? Yusuke I, yeah, the- I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> I know what you're trying to say, because the power up music comes on, so I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote Gets the Pissed. I, I think I wrote it as a joke, but maybe I was just so delirious <laughs> I forgot. But anyways, he gets the pissed and breaks the hell out of... And beats the hell out of Yasha, but is thrown back, and Yusuke continues to get his ass kicked. Yeeted into everything within a mile radius and thrown against everything. The boys show up, and Yusuke starts to pick himself up from the ground while classic Yu Hakusho music plays. It's like the da-da-da-da one, like the dramatic one, saying yeah, he owes... Yeah. Quinn met his life. The somebody's gonna die music, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love that song, but I, I was listening back to our like episode one of our entire show recently. Um, just because it turns out a lot of people still download it. So I was like, why is everyone still downloading this episode? And we talk about on that episode about like, yeah, we all like this song, but they play it uh forty times during this fucking show and it ruins the song. <laughs> I, I think it's now a theme song. It's like uh, the Jotaro's beat the hell out of some guy theme. Kind of. Throwback to the original episode of making Jojo references every five seconds. Yeah, Yasha's having none of that and decides that he will blow Yusuke away. Uh, Yusuke is, tries to then blow him back away and gets countered. Yeah, and gets countered. Unlucky for Yasha, 
He reflects it back into the wall, which shoots out lava and turns Yasha into a lava-covered mess. Just a hot mess in general. Hot mess of a man. Uh, you st- um, I'd like to point out that I liked how you put away in parentheses. <laughs> I, I, I just gotta just gotta make it clear, you know. I don't I don't think you know. UCA wants to blow him. Just wants to blow away. him away. Away. Gotta, <laughs> other direction, not in towards him. I hit my mic. Uh, Yusuke sees his opening. Yasha's re- reflector is covered by lava, and Yusuke tries to shoot off one last ray gun blast to finish off the job, utterly destroying Yasha. I have a Yusuke question runs about out- this. What? I have a question about this. So you would think that if the door was closed and the door was blown off, the reflection would still just fucking work because the reflector is still under it, right? Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is that it's it's hard skin, so it's like a. I think the, the way that it looks it looks like a carapace almost, where it's like a strong, a strong outer shell for like a like a bug or something. So my thing is that it's strong, but it's not strong enough to reflect like a mirror. So he could take it, but it's it's just gonna not reflect. Okay, so, so question, so the, go for it, Marcus. So the way that I saw it. And it might have just been my post-war delirium. It kind of <laughs> he was opening his chest up to an underlayer, and there was the mirror there. And because of the lava hardening, that's why he couldn't open it. That's, that's exactly I- what is. No, so for sure, I agree with that. My thing is, I think. Okay, we're we're really picking at things here, but like my feeling is that if you blew off the cover, say you have a pocket mirror and there's a cover on it. And if you shine a flashlight at the pocket mirror when it's open, it reflects back at you. But if your mirror is so strong that it melts away the outer layer that's covering it, it will just eventually hit the mirror and start shooting back. I understand what you're saying. Man. And so yeah. my, my, my thing is, like, we've talked about the nature of the spirit gun and whether it's hot, whether it grinds things, whether it's self-perpetuating, or whether it's a fucking beam and how it changes a trillion times throughout the series. Am I to understand that the reason this works is because when exposed to a non-reflective surface, it explodes? There's a really good answer to that, Joe. And the answer to that is that it's a shonen anime, so none of that actually matters. I think you're right. I just wanted to voice that. I gotcha. Yeah, Shonen Science time again here at the Yu Yu Show or Spirit Hunters now, but you know. Uh, anyways, yeah, that is a good point though. You should pr- probably blast it back at him, but you know, Shonen. But uh, yep, uh, Yusuke runs out of energy and faints, falling into the lava below. But a Botan to the rescue, saving him at the last second. Yusuke grabs the seal and gets back up on the rocks. And they just all start chilling on there like there's nothing happening. Like, they're not surrounded by lava. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going? So she's, she's like, like a botan patches him up and everything. It's really weird. I don't know, maybe, I don't know, it's a little bit hot there. I don't, I'm not sure. So, yet again, because I'm that type of person, watching this, my only thought was, Yusuke Kuahara, based on this show, mm-hmm. humans. How are they able to just chill here and have no negative repercussions of what's going on? Uh, with regards to being in demon world and being surrounded by demon energy, or with regards to being near magma? Uh, the magma part. The demon world, I I didn't talk about because I was only referring to the lava at this point. I, I feel like... Hunter, uh, sorry, I feel like you, Hawkshow, and Hunter Hunter, frankly, kind of go with the, like, yeah, the more your spirit power increases, the more your physical 
like toughness increases and Yusuke and Kubar are at a point where like they're temperature resistant up to a pretty high temperature. It's like they got the Goron tunics. But yeah, we'll go with that. I'll accept it. I don't agree with it, but I will accept it. I mean, yeah, like Dragon Ball Z, for instance, does the shit where it's just like, I don't know, man, I concentrate my chi into myself so hard that I can fly now. It's like, okay, I guess. That is kind of weird. Definitely wasn't the fact that the creator got lazy, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, but we'll, we'll just go with it. Fuck it. Okay, okay. A- anyways, so Kurashira's motives are finally revealed. While going to Spirit World Kindergarten, go Spirit Hunter Revenants, uh, he was going to give a birthday gift to the sweet girl Cotinho. Cotinho? I think that's her name. It's Cotinho. like Cotinho. 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 Uh, when Kuenma hops on Kurashira's head, destroys Kurashira's present, and Kuenma gives her a present in his stead and steals Kurashira's girl. Turns so, out Koenma's been Mr. Steal Your Girl the whole time. So, I don't mean to <laughs> side rail this again. I'm not saying that I agree with him, but I'm saying I understand. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Same. Just as long as we're on the same page with that one, we can move on. Yeah, see, like, what he did about it was wrong, but he's definitely right to be aggrieved. But is it, though? Is it wrong for him to do that? He was literally stepped... Oh, 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 is it wrong for him to take the seal? All I'm saying, though, Kuenma came behind him, stepped on that man's head, jumped off said head, landed on his present, presented his crush a gift, and took her away. He I'm fucking not, Mario Brothers, that dude. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I agree, but I'm just saying if someone came up to me and Vince Carter'd me in front of the girl that I liked, Jesus I would understand... Christ. Excuse yeah. me, uh, Vince Carter? Vince Carter is a, a NBA basketball player who used to do super disrespectful dunks in the uh, basketball Olympic game. Oh, like, don't. Okay. I think we pretty Sports much covered ball. every single thing we could possibly do now that we have basketball references in the show, and I am all for it. That That's what I'm here for. You know, Perfect. the craziest thing is the basketball references are, like, the most far-fetched thing from the show that, like... <laughs> that the most people possibly. will actually understand? See, yeah. <laughs> see the, not to plug my own page, but the good thing that I like about my page is that I kind of branch all worlds in. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. No, bro, plug yeah, your page. Plug, plug yeah, your page. That's, this is what we have plug here. It. You plug, plug it, plug baby. It plug like it like a weird porn. Plug it nope, away. Nope, if nope. If I'll plug it, it'll be at the end. I'm just saying... That sounds I have good. A lot of, I have a lot of diverse areas where I pull from. When I saw what happened, my first thought was Vince Carter dunking over that guy in the Olympics, and I don't remember his name, but it was super disrespectful. Look it up on YouTube. It's just his crotch in the dude's face, right? Am I remembering the right thing? So the U.S. was already winning the game by a large <laughs> margin. The U.S. – this was for content – context, sorry – this was the United States of America's redeem team for the Olympics. Vince Carter got an alley-oop, so someone threw him the ball while he was going to dunk. Dunked over like a seven-foot-tall man Jesus with Christ. his crotch in the dude's face. Jesus Christ. And was just straight disrespectful about it. Like I said, I'm, do- I'm not doing it justice, but for those that actually care, look it up on YouTube. 
and just imagine how you would feel if that happened to you and put your shoe put yourself in the character's shoes. God, if I, I was better I wish I could put myself in a seven foot guy's shoes. Man, I am sure. I mean you can, hell. it just won't do anything. God damn it. Buy oh, his shoes. I'm looking at a picture right now and damn. See? <laughs> see? That now that you see it, you understand. <laughs> Lol. So back to the uh back to the movie. Uh Cotenio, the character we've been talking about, uh is a child of or child form of Tenshi slash Tenyo. Uh, Tenin, which means heaven people or sky people, which includes Tenshi, uh, which are heavenly messengers, and the specifically female Tenyo, which just means heaven women, are spiritual beings found in Japanese Buddhism that are similar to Western angels. The word Tenshi has been used by Japanese Christians for angel, which itself comes from the Greek word angelos, meaning messenger. So basically all angels are literally just messengers. Like, in the case of Christianity and Judaism and Islam, it's supposed to be messengers of God. In the case of Buddhism, it's messengers from heaven. Jeez, we got Tenchi Muyo, we got Inuyasha in here. Jeez, we're just... No, so uh, Tenchi Muyo is Tenchi. Tenchi is what they call the angels in Evangelion. Oh, oh, oh jeez, we got four animes now. Dang. Oh, let's go. keep it going. Let's go. Knock yeah, no, so reference you- out. I watched Tenchi Muyo as a kid. I actually don't know what it's about other than one dude and like 12 girls in a spaceship. It's it's the horniest show about a guy who is definitely gay hanging out with a bunch of women who are really into him. (laughs) I like that one one girl in there. I can't remember. I think she had like blonde hair or something. I liked a bunch of girls in that show. (laughs) That was a good ass show. I'm going to rewatch that later. But uh, the rabbit... The rabbit alien, that was my favorite. Oh, yeah, what's the name? Uh, Rio Oki. Yeah, so cute. Ultra cute. Cool show. Um, <laughs> very formative uh, harem anime, but yeah. Adding, <laughs> adding to the list of shows to watch. Got it. That's, That's another one where there's a cycle that eventually forms. It's, it's a sitcom that presents itself like it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to rewatch that one. It's been so many years since I watched that. But that one I need to do that right after the Cowboy Bebop rewatch, but that's that's another uh, discussion. Yet again, not to distract from the podcast, but I've still never finished Cowboy Bebop in my life. Yeah, I hate that. take your time. <laughs> if you I'm, do, I'm, if you I'm, I'm close to the end, but it's the case of I started an anime, then something else came up, and then I started another anime and never came back. It's probably oh, one of the best soundtracks I've like ever listened. Oh no, I've listened. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. Um, most of it's pretty episodic, or like so. Each episode is self-contained story, so for maybe, like, the last five episodes. Mm -hmm. So you're not really missing too much in terms of, like, a continuous plot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's easy to pick back up, because it took me forever, too, because I just caught it on Adult Swim as reruns when I could, until I got my hands on the DVD set, and then I rewatched everything in full. Because everything I've seen of Cowboy Bebop, I love I've gone through the soundtrack multiple times. I've just never <laughs> finished the series. If you want a bomb-ass anime soundtrack, listen to the, Sh- the Samurai Champloo soundtrack. Literally so, one of the greatest soundtracks. So another, we're just off the rails now. I've seen Samurai Champloo. 
I do not like the anime, but I love the music. I, Dude, I think there's is anime? amazing. I think I can I can understand that. I like Samurai Shampoo, but I definitely see that it's I don't think at a structural level it's nearly as good as Cowboy Bebop, but the music's fucking great. Thank you. As long as someone understands my point, I'm good. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. The soundtrack is the as long as we can agree the soundtrack is bomb as hell, then I'm I'm cool with anything at this point. I, right. I also think for Samurai Shampoo, you have to have some interest in like Japanese late medieval history to like really care. This isn't like a you didn't get it. This is a more like no, dude. If it, it like I totally understand not liking it unless that's your thing. But the weird thing is, I love that period of history. Like when you well, started talk, when you started talking about like the Three Kings era, my inner like Dynasty Warriors fanboy was like, yeah, let's go, let's make a Dynasty Warriors uh, comment. But I just couldn't get into the anime. Hmm. It's kind yeah, of funny. No, I, actually, actually, I was never a big fan of Dynasty Wars, but I actually do like Shamplu. So those are those are just for some uh, clarification. Those are two different things. The Warring State period in China and the Warring State period in Japan occurred uh, separated by about fourteen hundred years. I could have sworn they had a Japanese yeah, style are... Dynasty Wars, didn't they? They, they there did. Was. It's called there is... or- Orochi. There is no Orochi is the bridge between both. Oh, My okay. inner nerd is about to come out. There's Do Dynasty it. Warriors, which is about the warring states in China. Then there's Samurai Warriors about the warring states in uh, Japan, in which eventually that situation works out. But yes, there are two different games that are made, and then they kind of made a bridge game with Orochi, which deals with another subplot, as far as I'm aware. I've never actually played the games, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. And then you got the Hyrule and uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, which just throws that can into craziness. Oh, that occurred about 200 years separated from <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> In a parallel universe. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for that crossover. It's like, it's like, it's like Marth saved the, save the, uh, was it the, the Edo, Edo period, was in the Edo period? I don't know. Yep, yeah, yeah, it was the Edo period, and it was the end of the Shogun, to- uh, Shogun, uh, Period. I can't remember the term. Yeah, I forget who you the previous let's, let's, Shogun let's before. A... It was uh, uh, so Tokugawa Nobunaga... is sixteen hundred to eighteen hundred mm-hmm. something, but I forget who was before. The Oda that. period was before Nobunaga Oda. Yeah, so Oda didn't rule the country, but he came really fucking close and basically paved mm-hmm. the way for the people who would rule the country. Oda was trying <laughs> to pave. Oda was trying to pave the way. This is my big nerd coming in. Oda was trying to pave the way. Then he was assassinated by someone who was in his inner circle. Then there was a giant war. Uh, Toyotomi Hideyoshi, or Hideyoshi Toyotomi, depending on how you decide to pronounce the names, was the one who ended up replacing him. He was surpassed by Tokugawa, who ended up u- uniting Japan. This is all correct. Sweet. All right. Thank you, thank you, Samurai Warriors. You helped me pass history in high school. Yo, for me, it was Samurai Deeper Kyo. <laughs> so you read that manga, and then I read was all just luck. Botan, I'm just joking. <laughs> Back to the actual thing. <laughs> but, but anyways, Yusuke then reveals his winning plan was all just luck. Uh, Botan and Kur- uh, Kurohara chew him out and runs on a date with Kotenyo. JK with, with Keiko, hopefully. Uh, it turns out that uh, Kurashura only got 10,000 spankings due to being under Yash's influence, so I'm glad he went easy on him with that 10,000 spankings, you know. 
And uh, where? And my question is, uh, where did this take place? My bet is like, between Maze Castle and Toguro. I, that's the only place I could place yeah, it's it. And the only, it's the only place that would make sense in the series to me. Yeah, it's it definitely seems before before the Tagoro or the yeah, that, it was really weird. I I I'm guessing that's where it, it takes place and like right before that. Yeah, uh, so one thing that's fucked up about that is part of the reason I reason that is because he is already working for Koenma, which he is at the beginning of like the, you know, Rescue Yukina arc. The problem is, though, that when they first see him in the Rescue Yukina arc, he reveals that's when they find out that he's working for him. So I, this could have, I guess, technically happened post-Rescue Yukina, but pre-getting an invite for the Dark Tournament. See, see, this is where I was reading a little bit too in-depth about this, because in the Yukina arc, from my, remem- my memory, it was kind of just like, I'm not working for you. I understand you guys did me a favor, but I'm just, that's my sister. I'm going to try and... Spoilers, by the way. That's my sister. I'm going to try and save her behind the scenes. After that is when he actually started working for the scene, uh, t- uh, Koenma. But um, when Yusuke is running away from all the thugs, he uses the spirit shotgun, which tells me, he, to me, he had done some training with Genkai. So I'm assuming it's before the uh, Dark Tournament. Like that... Right. That training period prior to the dark tournament where he goes back to Genkai. That's when I think it takes place. Yeah. I I think that's probably right, but like we've established pretty good bounds upper and lower for it, so I'm good. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. Uh, and then at the end, uh, Sayonara Bye Bye then plays at the credits, and the OVA ends, thankfully. Uh, credits contain the name Lyricist Legion. Oh, yeah, we were pointing oh, that out. Yeah, yeah, I talked about that. I, I guess, like, what did you guys think about this movie? Because I think we've already talked some shit. I I think it's fun, but I do think it's stupid and very fanservice-y and kind of feels like a bad best-of compilation that feels sort of like a fucking quick-time event game. It's essentially a filler episode without being a filler episode. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's basically how i feel about it um my only thing is if you decide to watch it definitely watch the sub over the dub because the dub doesn't feel right at all they have they have the four kids dub oh sorry four kids i'm an idiot i was about they to say Funimation, what? <laughs> they have a funimation dub of it that's probably a lot better though i could believe that but, uh, I mean, I was really looking forward to, uh, you know, just hearing Koenma talking shit to George, just being like, oh, wait, no, it's fucking Karama, never mind. I was about to do a David Hayter impression as Koenma. Not accurate. Mm. Yeah. you say David Hayter, I'm thinking of Bill Hader for some reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bill Hader is Solid Snake. I'd be down. I keep thinking of Keith David as Solid Snake, and I'm like, I'm also down for this. Yusuke, you gotta... Uh, he's, he's always the... Op- infantry. At, he's... Yeah. He's always the arbiter to me, though, in my heart. Um, I will always remember Keith David from Saints Row 4 when they decided to oh, hell remake... Yeah. When they decided to make the They Live scene. I, I know that that happens in that game, but I haven't played it. I love They Live. If you're going to play Saints Row 4, it's worth it just for that scene alone to me. Goddamn. Oh, Damn. man, I think that movie, more than anything, deserves a fucking remake right now. Which, oh, They Live? 
they I live. It's super appropriate to the days we live in right now. I haven't get, seen they live in years. Get Roddy Piper's daughter to play the main character. I would get Ronda Rousey, personally. But... Uh... I would have until she turned out to be a piece of shit. Yeah. 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 Would have been cool, and then she just, like, turned out to be the worst. And then she started to open her mouth. So, yeah. I'll, I'll agree. Give it to Rowdy's daughter. I rescind my statement. Yeah. Hmm. We'll, well, we'll figure um, it out. There's, there's, I think there's plenty. Of, there's probably some female wrestler that... Because I haven't watched wrestling since... Jeez, I think... At, in 2007, after a certain wrestler died, I, I, yet again derailing the podcast again. I've recently just got back into it, and it's it's very hit or miss for me. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it that way. I listen to a podcast where they always talk about, it and they said that McMahon's style has kind of been shit these in the last couple of t- years. Vince I've McMahon. heard indie promotions and rival promotions are doing a lot better than they were, though, and that like there's a lot yeah. of good talent there. Because I, I think American I saw you talk a lot about AEW, and that's really good, right? Yes. So Vince McMahon is a madman, but when he has other people helping him and he actually listens to him, it turns out great. AEW is enjoyable, but they know it's a wrestling show, and they want to have fun. For anyone who has the funds available, I would highly recommend watching their last pay-per-view and the pay-per-view wasn't great but watch the stadium stampede because that was the greatest wrestling scene or wrestling thing i've seen in the last few years nice yeah i really want to get into some of the the pro japan wrestling stuff because i heard it's kind of really bomb New Japan is good. New Japan is really good. Gotcha. I'll I've heard real good things about New Japan. Yeah, I, I we'll, we'll do we'll really do a new podcast it. for that, Joe. No. Okay. <laughs> um, does anyone have anything more to say about this movie, or uh, should we just move on? I don't think Megan. Megan, what did you think about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from what you guys described, because <laughs> was... you didn't watch it, because <laughs> I didn't actually watch it. it uh, mm, I don't. Mm, I don't even have an opinion. I'm. <laughs> I'm just here along for the ride, guys. Just say well, it's awful. <laughs> It's awful. It was horrible. It was horrendous. Uh, you know, it was the voice acting of the three seconds I heard um, when I attempted to play it while we were in this podcast uh, were bad. But I think it's Canadian, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's about right. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. you didn't you didn't yeah. have to watch it. I mean, you already I got you got I the main points. Caught up. I'm caught up. You're good. Yeah. Okay. But... Well, before we move on to Azo Hakusho, uh, now a word from our compatriots and benefactors. <laughs> My name is Jonathan Dunn, and I'm inviting you to listen to Our Three Cents, a weekly podcast where myself and two of my very best gaming chums are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. For all the episodes and information, check out our website, www.our3cents.co.uk. Hey Chris, what's the War Rocket Ajax podcast about? Well Matt, if we were smart, it'd be about murders, but it's actually about comics. War Rocket Ajax, it's not about murders, but it is weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Um, now we're going to go over Azo Hakusho. Why are there so many O's? That's how that's how it was written. I, I don't know. I, I, I just copy and pasted it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. All right. Well, Azo, Azo, 
Azo? I'll say Azo. Azo Hakusho was originally released in Japan from September 21st, 1994 to February 7th, 1996. Released on DVD in the U.S. December 13th, 2011, along with The Golden Seal. Not a lot of info on these OVA episodes. Only just got a dub release in 2011. Um, and Dreams 1 through 4 aren't technically part of Aizo Hakusho, but called Moomoo Hakusho. Interesting. Does anyone have background on what the Moomoo thing? Because I'm half wondering oh, cool. if it's like a Onyomi reading of Yume or something like that. Oh. Yeah, it's really weird. I think it's kind of weird how it ties into Enzo Hakusho. I think Enzo is technically just the 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 shorts and the rest of it are just like tacked on like the dreams and then the music interesting i don't know it was con- it was confusing there was not a lot of info on these so i i'm not even sure myself it, i could be wrong which i usually am according to a lot of people but you know all right you know i'm honestly surprised it even got a second life in 2011 um does this coincide with hunter x hunter releasing or uh, I don't, I doubt that's the reason. I have a feeling probably just, like, rights expired or something is my guess. Okay. Yeah, Especially because that cause, other like, company, yeah, that other company dubbed that they probably couldn't do it until the, the rights were done. So, like, okay, now we can do it. Probably. Yeah, Megan, so take it away with the first one. All right. Um, so the first one is Koenma and Botan. Uh, we cut to Koenma stamping through a ton of paper. Botan comes in and says she is headed for... Ningenkai, the human world? Oh, that kind of makes sense. Uh, Ningenkai for a while. Kumama says, then says to do whatever and realizes these are the only lines he gets after being gone for a while. So essentially she just flies off and he's mad and then that's kind of it. That's the first one. Huh. I forgot how meta that kind of was. Yeah, that's it. All these are like two minutes or less, so it's not going to be that long. Alright, so for the next one, it's the Rekai Tentai. It reshows Yusuke yeeting himself in front of a car in order to save a kid. It cuts to Koenma explaining um, the, the gang. So Yusuke is a simple-minded jerk. Uh, Kurama it really is uh, Yoko Kurama and explains his power and his love for his mom, and the love for Yusuke. Uh, Hie is a Dragon master, a fire demon who was yeeted into a river, <laughs> um, thus turning into a cold and edgy, aloof dude with a lot of conflicting emotions. Uh, Kua, Kara, well, fuck him. Okay, no. He loves to fight justice, truth, in the American way. Uh, also Yukina. And his, uh, motto is, do a good deed every day. So was this just Kua. a whole thing of reintroducing the main characters after you finish the series? Pretty, Pretty much. much. Yeah. I think I, I think I read his quote in a fortune cookie once. <laughs> you know what bugs me about fortune cookies is sometimes they're not like fortunes they're just advice like vague crappy advice and I get kind of yeah, upset like, you should have went to medical school <laughs> did your mom write the fortune cookie for you <laughs> too, too real too real I think uh, they're I think, cookies yeah I think one I, one I got yeah. was tonight you'll get your dick ripped off I don't think that was kind <laughs> of fuck fortune. you 
fuck you. No one gets that. Fuck you. You did. Yeah, fuck you. Can someone explain that's, before I just question? That's yeah, Aqua Teen Hunger I, Force this, reference. There's yeah, a there, lot uh, of questions I have. Yeah, they they went to a, a Chinese fast food restaurant and uh, who it did? was like who, who, it was like they had they had like fortunes and, and the bottom of their drink like they had no are they these had uh, real people. No, it's no, the main character's Aqua, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, that's, oh. That's, <laughs> but but yeah, they, they essentially if they rip the bottoms of their drink out, they get like a special like coupon or something. It's like wasabi fries and stuff, and then Carl rips his over his out, and it reads, "Tonight you'll get your dick ripped off." And he's like wondering, is that some kind of fortune or? So I always think that's funny. I, I always joke when I open fortune cookies, that's what I get. Wait, um, aren't aren't Aqua Teen Hunger Force like French fries and a milkshake? So like, yeah, are they eating? So Carl is a food? human. Oh, Carl okay. is a human. So okay. one last random sidetrack. Shout out to Adult Swim because they had the person who voice acts as Carl doing a 2020 commencement speech for all the people that can't do it. Patrick oh, posted it to our Facebook page and it rules. Oh yeah, yeah. What? They also had one for Eric Andre, uh, JB Smooth. And a couple other people. So I would recommend checking out the commencement series by Adult Swim. I am not sponsored by Adult Swim, but if they want to give me money to sponsor, I will gladly take your money and and shill you out because I love Adult yeah. Swim. I'm sure Adult hey, Swim listens to our podcast. I'm, I'm close enough to Atlanta. Adult Swim. Hit them up. I'll connect hook, you. Yeah, hook, hook us up with some, uh, some AS connections. Get on Toonami. Do some podcasts. No. But, oh, my uh, God. That'd the Spirit cool. Hunters Midnight Run. God. Anti edition. <laughs> no. Uh, no. This is an HBO Saint Cinemax. What is this? No. Anyways. <laughs> Back to the fan um, fictions. <laughs> okay, the next one is at the ramen stand. Um parentheses, my new band name. Yeah. That'll be my new band name. <laughs> um so you cut to the responsible Yusuke checking out a customer. When Keiko stops by, ordering char siu noodles. That sounds delicious, by the way. I'm, like, really hungry now. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Um, Those Philly cheesesteaks are waiting for me, man. Let's get let's get this over with quick so we can eat. <laughs> Philly cheesesteak ramen. Let's do it. <laughs> so Keiko admits to Yusuke that the noodles are delicious. Yusuke says there's a secret ingredient, but won't tell her what. It's people. It's actually MJ's secret sauce. Is this a reference to something? I don't Space know. Space Jam. <laughs> oh. oh. I, th- I, th- I thought you were referencing uh, Michael Jackson's Jesus Juice. Nope. Oh. Anyways, continue. Oh. Moving on. Oh, moving on. <laughs> that's, that's why I was no. confused. I was like, uh, Joe, are you... Um, anyway, Yusuke <laughs> then asked Keiko on a date to visit Grandma Genkai at the request of Botan. Keiko blushes... And um, Yusuke thinks she has a fever. Kuahara. I like how we're keeping it Kuahara. That's always been his name. Gotta keep it canon. (laughs) Gotta keep it canon. That's what they're calling it. That's what we're calling it. (laughs) So Kuahara stops by to eat with Yukina-san. And while Yusuke looks at the magazine featuring Koto, Jiri, and Ruka at the beach. Um, Here's like a manga note. In the manga, the three of them are actually... Um, becoming an idol band big in the human world where people thought they had their extra appendages like ears, tail, were just costumes, like cosplay, basically. Um, Kuahara mentions to both Yusuke and Keiko that um, 
Keiko could take over the Yukimura restaurant together, and Keiko starts blushing again. Um, another manga note is that Yusuke, um, working at the ramen stand is actually a cover for his services, um, with a supernatural, um, that's, like, canon in the manga, basically. Yeah. It's really cute. This one is really wholesome, in my opinion. I, I thought other so, than... too. I thought it was really cute. I was like, dang. Yeah, I thought it really, I did a little bit of fangirling over the Yusuke and Keiko bonding. So that's mm-hmm. just me. This yeah. might be the best one of these segments. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was more in the canon series, like more um, more heartfelt moments with Yusuke and Keiko without like the world ending aspect of it. Because like a lot of the heartfelt moments were usually like, um, when he's about to fight something or when he's about to leave. So I like these, like, cute, sweeter, tender moments for sure. Oh, yeah, and also Izzy in the manga, they had an extra scene, which I think would have been a cute OVA tied to Yusuke having his own mystery ink, basically. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he, uh, there's, like, a ghost haunting Keiko's high school dorms, so... He goes to investigate, and he cross-dresses in Keiko's school uniform and goes with her to, like, solve the case, which is super cute. Nice. Yeah, does that mean that Yusuke is more Scooby-Doo or more Psych? I'm going to go Psych because I want to imagine Yusuke and Kuobara just going around the human world doing investigations. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Fair enough. I can agree with that. Marcus, uh, take the next one away. Okay. So the next episode is the meeting at Genkai. Um, it fades in with Yusuke looking at a photo of the gang with Saranara Bye Bye, which slaps. Um, flashback to a visit at Genkai's, saying it's been a year since the uh, Rikai has opened, and that the long story short is the barrier is gone and the worlds are merging. She suggests that the teams form a backup force, a.k.a. like an anime Avengers group. Um, Kuabara immediately volunteers so that he can protect Yukina. The squad meets up with him, and Bokutan grabs a photo of the group, which evidently she has a bunch of photos throughout the series that somehow she took pictures of. That was just a side note. Um, anyways, any... Someone picks up a photo that she dropped earlier saying that, and she says that it was a photo she took during the dark tournament. Um, Yusuke wonders how Jin and Toya are, and Kurama reveals that they are all preparing for the next Demon World tournament. Yusuke, as per usual, is ready to throw them hands. And as a manga note, at this point in the manga, Genkai is already probably dead. And they're attending her reading. Yeah. Rip. Right. Yeah, it's weird. This These series of segments definitely mix manga and anime canon. Because, like, in the next segment that I'm about to talk about, they definitely incorporate stuff that was not in the show at all. And was only in the manga. It's very weird. Oh. So, uh, in the next segment, where is Hiei? Uh, Hiei seems to be missing in action and is missing to train for the next Makai tournament. Uh, it's kind of from Makuro's side's viewpoint. And it cuts to Makuro, who is lamenting, you know, this on her bed. 
And uh, as a little manga note, there's a green statue in the foreground that is actually the living corpse of her adoptive father slash slave owner that he implanted a parasite into, meaning that stuff is now technically anime canon. Is uh, that the, the same happy birthday guy? Yeah, it's the Dark. happy birthday guy. Dark. Happy birthday. Um, like the one who like raped her repeatedly? Yes. Happy birthday. <laughs> Dark. Yep. That's now anime canon. Uh, so, uh, Botan points out Hiei is looking out at a, the distance after the Sensui fight, uh, you know, and Yusuke chimes in saying that when they met Sensui in Makai, uh, they could have, to- they could have had a totally different kind of fight and then it fades out. Yeah, this one ended kind of weirdly. It, yeah, it did feel like two scenes cut together in a way that didn't make sense. I got the feeling that from watching this scene, it, kind of felt like if Yusuke had gone the demon world before meeting Tagoro or Sensui, he would have been like, you know, y'all are definitely right. Screw spirit world. That's just my personal take. It's a weird one, for sure. Yeah. Alright, so Hiei and Yukina. Cut to Yukina saying goodbye to Genkai. He is chilling outside waiting for her, saying he can't find her brother. Uh, asking to take back uh, sorry, uh, Yukina asked to take back the necklace, and Yukina... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. He asked to take back the necklace, and Yukina refuses, saying that's better for Hiei to have it. And then Genkai chimes in, saying that Yukina isn't a naive little girl Hiei thinks she is. Basically the idea that, like, as is a very old-school Japanese thing, people reveal they know something without saying they know something, and it's just acknowledged by both people that it's known. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe, because uh, didn't they even play that scene at the end of uh, Yu Hakusho too? They played it, something like it. it. This is the sequel to that, where basically Hiei says he's going to look for her brother in the demon world. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, at the end of this one, I kind of got the feeling that Yukina knew, but when the, she next, knows. When the next scene happened, I was like, oh, she definitely knew. Yep. Cool. The next one is teasing Yusuke and Keiko. Yukina returns from Genkai's with Kuahara. Jesus. Admitting he'd wait a hundred years for Yukina-san. Shizuru then asks everyone if they'd like to be I'd like to take a walk somewhere, with Botan suggesting they go to a beach of memory where Yusuke and Keiko's first kiss was. But UK UK, sorry. But Yusuke admits it was their second kiss. So not phased by the little teasing that's going down. Yeah, yeah this segment weird. was, like, very whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a weird one, for sure. Oh, so, wait, is this considering their first kiss to be that time that Yusuke was, like, glowing? Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> when he was dead and now alive? Yep. yep. What All is right. with Yusuke and blowing things? I don't know. I don't uh, know what that... Okay, Sarah, go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. The next one is the second Makai Tournament. So the scene starts with everyone staring out the ocean with Yukina saying that she's happy that everyone is together, uh, how the sea is like a dream, and Kuhara is like, Yukina is like a dream. And then he calls him an ass kisser. <laughs> Kuhara um, is hoping that he stays with Makuro um, would have changed TA. Uh, and Botan just tells them to, like, make out already. <laughs> and, it, and then it suddenly cuts to the actual second Makai tournament with 
Kurharakaiba. Can you explain that? It's everyone for themselves now. With he saying that they should turn back while they're still alive. And Kurahara's like, even if this body goes with the wind, um, Krama is then says, then believe the immortality of the soul and keep fighting. And Kurahara says, how a man should live, which I'm trying to understand because half these things aren't full sentences, so I don't know what's going on here, but there, there's some deep wisdom being spat out. I, I would just like to believe that Kuahara and Kurama became the best of bros, and they can just finish each other's sentences. That's how I feel like this should go. Oh. I think that's it, but I'm wondering if this is actually like an old poem, because it has the cadence of one. Yeah, you are right. But this It is has three lines, first, which... Sorry. I was going to say, it has three lines, which makes me think it might be a haiku. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has to sure. do with the weather, so that's a haiku thing. Yeah, so yeah. I could look into that at some point, but yeah, I, I think that the two readings are definitely possible like the idea of their best buddies so they can finish each other's sentences and understand each other or it's something they're both quoting in which case it still kind of gets the same point across that they were both thinking of the same poem that makes sense Fair and enough. then the ova ends with koto announcing the beginning of the tournament with george in the background and the gang does an action pose and that's it yeah it's interesting because i think this is technically the furthest in the series that they've ever shown uh, yeah, so, wait, wait, so is the OVA before or after this? It's probably before this, right? It's before this, yeah, because it takes place, it takes place, technically, it takes place after the ending of that Makai tournament, and then this Makai tournament's the second one. Okay, so, just to be clear, I'm talking about the OVA where they fight the Spirit World yeah. terrorist group. Yeah, the all or nothing. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I just wanted to get that out there because I was still somewhat unclear on it, but I think you're right. Yeah. At least that's at least that's to me, unless they held the Makai tournament between those two points. But it's not very clear, so it could go either way, depending on how you look at it. But, I mean, in, in all or nothing, it does show uh, the one guy actually getting a back massage, so I assume that it's actually afterwards. Nice. My, my only thing that comes up with the Etsu Haka show, didn't they say that the Demon World Tournament would be held like every like four years or something like that? I didn't think it was every year. I think it's every four years, so this kind of breaks canon, but you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, so no, <laughs> yeah. so no, I guess technically, yeah, it is the latest part on any Yu Hawk show that they've shown. Speaking of uh, breaking canon and being completely unrealistic, uh, Hannah, how about you tell us about some dreams? Oh, yeah. Okay, so with Dream 1, we see Yusuke running in a forest. A giant-faced stone appears in his way. He goes into the stone, and everything goes to black. He wakes up, grabbing Genkai, or who he thinks is Genkai, with a ton of people around him in an elevator. Yusuke gets off, and Genkai, the elevator assistant, calls him a dumbass which is very on brand. <laughs> it cuts to red and leaving and he, leaving the elevator and now Genkai is now a statue. And then it shows the giant statue lady again with Yusuke wondering what the fuck is happening. So question, who do who watched this dubbed? Did anyone? Yo. Uh, I did. I think 
I did. Okay, that's something I wanted to know because I was I watched this subbed and Genkai's voice here made her sound like actually just a regular old woman and not a woman with the same temperament as Genkai. So she sounded like a woman who mm-hmm. like was actually like afraid of having just been like molested, rather than yeah. like someone. It does so was like the was screamed. the dub the same way or not? Correct. No, I don't the remember dub, her screaming. The dub is kind. Of, it's not her screaming, but the dub is definitely not Genkai. It's just like. What the hell are you doing? Okay, interesting. It's still, it's still, it's still obviously um, the voice actress, though. You can definitely tell, and it's the same temperament in the voice. Oh, okay. So I think in the sub, they actually kind of go out of their way to do a different voice. It's it's clearly the same actress, but I think they go out of their way to do a different character voice. Yeah, if I'm rec- remembering correctly, the dub was the same voice actress, and it was just yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this was fucking weird. Uh, do you all... want to take it away with Dream 2, Marcus? Yeah, I would just like to say that all these dreams were kind of really, really weird. So, Dream 2, um, Yusuke wakes up to an alarm clock. In the dub, he mentions how instead of out of all the dreams he could have had, and out of all the naked girls he could have dreamed of, he ended up dreaming of Genkai, so that was just a note that I would like to note, put in. Jesus. Um, yeah, the dub was really weird. Um, he wakes up in uh, panda pajamas and in a new bed with a voice calling him. He doesn't know where he actually is. It turns out that Botan is the one that's calling him. In the sub, she calls him quote, my little Yusuke. Um... In the dub, it's a little bit more direct that she's like, hey, we're, we'll get to that point. Anyways, she's cooking for him. Yusuke thinks that she's throwing him a party or nothing, but Botan says no and gives him his toothbrush and whatnot and just trying to rush him to get ready. Uh, Hiei and Kurama show up at the door in the dub. She refers to him them as his bosses. Mm-hmm. And... He kind of rushes to get ready, and they have a little bit of dialogue. They approach Yusuke, and yet again, this is the difference between the sub and the dub. In the Mm -hmm. sub, they're kind of just talking and hyping up uh, Botan and just saying, like, yeah, you guys are newlyweds, and Yusuke's like, what the hell is going on? Whereas in the dub, they do the same thing, but it's kind of just like, yeah, we're going to let it slide because we know you're newlyweds newlyweds and i know you're probably playing a joke on us in the sub they also reference how like botan you're lucky to have such a beautiful wife and whatnot yusuke is just like what is going on uh yusuke makes a couple of jokes about um being married to botan and then he and karama are just like yeah whatever whatever um he and karama get ready to get yusuke to go out to work and Botan basically says, Baby Cakes, where's my smooch? My morning smooch, I'm sorry. And then it ends with Yusuke yelling, make it in. <laughs> yeah, this one was weird. Yeah, I didn't get it at all. Like, I feel some of the animators were just like, yo, man, I'm real horny for Botan. Let's just have a reason for her to be in a like couple situation with someone. It, the it, thing it is that looks... it kind of feels like a dream. Like I don't know. Like if you're oh yeah, a it's dream, a dream, it... baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fan fiction. Um, <laughs> I thought it was 
very clever. The fact that they introduce Hiei and Kurama as Yusuke's bosses. We're going to get more into that, I hope, in Dream 3. But it was just very interesting to me, like I said, having not seen this before, the fact that Yusuke wakes up and in this dream or parallel universe that he's married to Botan and just doesn't know what's happening. And Kurama and he are like, yeah, you're married to her. And if you don't like it, ha 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 ha. I do like that the dreams have like a bit of continuity with each other, but it's dream continuity, so it's like half remembered continuity, and like I think that's on purpose. That's Correct. one of the few positive things I'll say about this whole thing. All right, so uh, dream three: uh, Yusuke wakes up on the park bench from the dream, and a jet comes to attack him. He's then on a battlefield, well, I guess really a, a like a park, with a gang in full military attire. Yusuke wonders what's going on when. Kuahara picks him up and carries him away from the gunfire, calling him an idiot for almost getting killed. They spot both Keiko and Shizuru walking towards a car and begin attacking something. Uh, basically, it, the gang, I guess, it's both Hiei and uh, Ku- Kuahara just doing like different militaries, like, oh, get down, like doing cr- crutches and analyzing the situation. Uh, and they spot both of them, and then it ends with Yusuke asking what's going on. Have you guys seen Shaolin Soccer? I'll keep this brief, but have you seen it? I need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great movie. Absolutely. It's been a while. Okay, the reason I bring it up is during the first big football game, they're, the, the first big soccer game they're in, they're playing and they're getting their asses kicked, and it slowly just turns into a war movie. Like, they start, like, suddenly he picks up a machine gun and he's, like, behind enemy lines, and, like, there's, like, a trench and, like, barbed wire. And, like, that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> So when I watched this one, I legit was like, "Why are the Transformers attacking? Why are the auto- <laughs> Why are the Why is the Decepticons attacking this case? Starscream just lands. Exactly. Yeah, there's the Omni Cube. God damn, put <laughs> damn the cube it, in my chest. You have failed me for the last time again. Lol. Who is so moving on to dreams? Just, sorry, who is the Go one ahead, that man. kept get, get, getting gimped in Transformers? Just real quick, I keep forgetting. I want to say it was Starstream. Okay. I think so, yeah. Gotcha. Anyways, uh, were you saying, Joe? Sorry about that. Yeah, so on Dream 4, uh, it kind of continues where that one left off. I think these are the most connected. It starts with uh, Shizuru and Keiko crossing the street, talking about Shizuru's crush. Both Yusuke and Hiei... Oh, God, it just occurred to me. Is Shizuru's crush Sakyo? Um, oh, God. I think it, it was Sakyo. I think it was Sakyo. It shows like a... Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Jesus Christ, that didn't occur to me until I just read this. Uh, but both yeah. Yusuke and Hiei are running towards them. And uh, Yusuke stops them and asks what they are up to, think, uh, thinking it's funny you can only see Hiei's hair in the frame because he's so short, they're kind of making it very obvious. So Hiei steps on Yusuke's foot and apologizes for Yusuke's rudeness and gives him uh, gives them a business card, uh, which, Patrick, you have a note here This is murder card. Is that what it said on it? Well, I mean, that's the only card I can imagine he would carry around. Oh, was, professional murderer. I see now. It was a blank card, which had no information, even in, like no scribble. It was just a blank black card. Nice. So the card apparently says he works for Paradise Newspaper. He goes in for the sale saying if they sign up for a month, they will get a squid ink lotion and a smoked mud skipper. This sounds like a pretty good deal to me, guys. I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I, I, uh, love, I love my squid ink lotion. I'd sign up for it. I'm just saying. Nice. But they refuse, saying they already get... (laughs) 
the Nazi Daily News. Uh, <laughs> God, why? Yeah, in the English dub, they say "pit of evil" update. Okay, yeah. is Stormfront okay. a thing Good. in this universe? I don't know, but here's what puzzled me. When I heard that, I'm like, well, I gotta fucking rewind this and try to figure out what they're saying. And all I could hear was the phrase "niku manji," which, taken in my very bad understanding of Japanese, I would interpret as "niku" being meat and "manji" being swastika. I think the "manji" part's correct, but like, I'm just like meat swastika. So I looked up "niku niku manji," like, and all I found was just an old hentai, and I was like, cool. This is not what I think they're referencing. Um, I don't have any witty banter for this one. Yeah, there's nowhere you can go with that. It's all bad. Yeah, uh, they did call it. They did change it in the e- English dub to "Pit of Evil" update, though. So, yeah, it would be a bit weird for them to be like, just like I don't know, National Socialist paper. Fuck it. Um, but he then falls into a giant crack in the road and probably dies. Uh, it feels very much like fucking flash cartoons from the early 2000s. Just like, oh, we just need to get rid of this character, throw him in a pit. Yeah, they threw yeah. him in the pit of evil. Yeah, yeah, it's new. It's new. Uh, newfound grounds. Yeah, new grounds. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's the name. They uh, they then turn to Yusuke and say he's stepping in shit, and uh, the girls start to laugh and turn into like demon faces with like a big distortion on them. They like put like a fisheye lens and then like another transformation to just make them look weird. Do they and skate Yusuke... afterwards? What's up? When they put the fisheye lens, do they start skating? No, god damn it. Shizuru uh, turns straight in the Yomi. If you look at it, look at the face that Shizuru turns into. Legit turns into Yomi. Does she close her eyes permanently? Yes. Damn she it. She just takes her eyes out. Like when uh, they so... when they do that real transition to the demon faces, she becomes Yomi. Sorry. Interesting. I, I now need to actually watch that again. I thought you were joking. Curious, I need to check that out. So Yusuke wakes up again like in Dream 2 and it seems to repeat Dream 2 with, you know, being married to Botan again, uh, ending in the text endless, maybe hinting Yusuke is stuck in a loop. So about these dreams, have you guys ever done, have you guys ever like woken up and then realized you wanted to sleep more and then just tried to sleep more, but like because it was fitful rest, you kept on waking up and going back to sleep and having a series of dreams? Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. I've never been offered the, I've never had to fucking tell someone about the Nazi daily news, but like, yeah, I think this is relatable on the idea of like that, but man, what a fucking weird idea. I wonder if they were in any consultation with Togashi, if they're just like, ah, fuck it. We have some extra time and money. So let's make this like weird film role. What would be hysterical guys? The Nazis. (laughs) I I actually don't know the connotation to the Japanese. Is there a big, like, uh, I guess, is there a big stigma against using that? Fascinations that pops up in Japanese pop culture for some reason. So I mean, generally when Nazis are shown, it's either a comedic context or it is portrayed negatively, but, like, it depends in where. Because, like, for instance, the manga Get Backers I used to read, like, Nazis showed up and then they were, like, minor villains and then just got murked by the Get Backers equivalent of the Joker. Yeah, and the um, and, and actually in, uh, in Black Lagoon, one of the main villains is a bunch of neo-nazis trying to recover a portrait and they just get murdered as well but there's a show there is a show where the nazi is the main savior of the show though i think joe knows what i'm referencing yeah in jojo uh there's definitely some nazi good guys in a way that's really uncomfortable i think it's supposed to be like the villains of this part of the series are so bad even the nazis are against them but like it comes off weird is that where jojo goes 
Oh, no, that's where JoJo starts. <laughs> Not starts, <laughs> but that's where... That's, like, the part that was being published in the 80s. So that part takes well, place in, like, 1938. Because I've gone through the first part of JoJo, and I'm in the second part of JoJo. If that's where it goes. Like, with Joseph? Uh, When they're doing the... Crap. When they're in the middle of World War Two, That's the one. Yeah, dude. Nazis are cool guys in there for some reason. Okay. All right. Buckle up. We're going. Yeah. It it goes places. Welcome Enjoy. to JoJo Part 2. I'm not going to spoil it, but some guy crawls under some guy's leg, so... Okay, great. <laughs> Megan, uh, just, just shut us up. Megan, shut uh, us up. Right. Dark interview <laughs> tournament? Tournament? Dark tournament interviews. Uh, Botan gets a behind-the-scenes interview with the gang regarding Team Toguro. Yusuke, I'm burning with rage. Kuahara, I'll kill them. Hiei, I hope you're ready to die. Kurama, you shouldn't be near me right now. Okay. Yeah, it. I honestly feel this was just a WWE promo video. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. <laughs> I thought the same thing, don't worry. It's just very much like a each of you give a cool fucking catchphrase. I was expecting uh, one of the main characters to body slam somebody through a table or break down a door or something. I was I was ready for Cool Bar to go full rock on it. It's like when you're trying to select your character and they say a catchphrase. Like, oh my god, you're uh. right. You guys play much Soul Calibur two back in the day? Oh uh. yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you remember when it would get to the screen where it's like such and such versus such and such, and if you just pressed any button, they would just say a catchphrase, and it was random. I remember I did that with Link yelling all the time. Can, oh can yeah, because Link doesn't speak. Can I make another sidetrack for a second? Go for it, man. Back in high school, I was in ba- I was a band nerd, so we would have a. For some reason, we had a TV in the band room, which makes no sense. But we had a game. <laughs> And every morning, we would either play Smash Brothers or Soul Calibur. Such a goddamn good Damn, game. Damn, I really wish I went to your high school. Until the fucking principal found out. Oh. That's why you gotta hide the GameCube under your shirt. Well, we were, we were doing it during lunch, so... Wait, then what was the problem? You know, I don't know, but we all got in trouble for it. Nice. We did something similar at the end of the day. We'd go and play Dota to, Dota 1 on uh, in the computer room. Like it was actually a club that did it too. We just sit there and play Dota Dota all the day all all the rest of the day. I hope you were arrested for that. That's a crime. It's a, it don't worry. It's Dota from Warcraft 3. It wasn't Dota 2 or anything like that. Oh, okay. If it's a Warcraft we, 3 game, I approve. Yeah, it's a sat, misdemeanor. You're okay. We sat, we sat around in, in in Ventrilo playing Dota. Anyways, you feel me, uh, Hannah? Please save yes. us. <laughs> um, so we have the group photos. Botan takes a group photo with the gang. Kuahara wants to take a photo with Yukina, but she's worried that the camera will capture her soul. With Kuahara trying to convince her that it won't, um, Yusuke tells Keiko that her face looks swollen, and they get into a fight. Botan tries to regather the group with Hie being the edgy goth in the corner. So the gang force him into the photo. Botan sets the auto snap, and they all take a nice photo sans Yukina. And then it pops up with the one song, our favorite, Sayonara, bye-bye-bye. Please take care of yourself. Sorry, <laughs> Love that song. Mm-hmm. 
um, you can kind of, that photo is used in the second ending with our favorite song as well. So it's full circle. I honestly wonder how many anime and manga from this period had, like, seasons end with a Polaroid picture. Did, I, did we leave off the... Did we, leave, didn't, did we not cover the part where she had the, the box of photos? No, I mentioned uh, it. I mentioned it in my segment, but... Okay, sorry. She has a box of photos that she took throughout the series, which, as soon as she said that, my thought was... How did how the hell did she have time for that? Because half the time the crew were fighting for their lives. Uh, she is an Asian woman in the early nineties. This is how people lived. But she no, was Joe, there. Joe, Joe, Joe. That's not it at all. It was that that guy popped down from the sky and took a photo and told you that that's a great photo that I'll remember him all by, and then he goes back up. Nice. Uh, Earthbound. I actually didn't get that one. I've never finished Earthbound. I've he like shows up in the down. beginning, you know, he comes down, takes a picture of the group, is like, this'll be a picture to remember forever. Oh god damn it. I'll play it eventually, but pa- like Patrick, you got uh you got some picture more things drama. to talk about. Other Don't pictures. Picture drama. Yeah. Picture drama. Alright. Right. Kurahara what oh I made a typo here. Sorry, I put Kurabara. Kurahara oh. tricks Yusuke and Kurama on a stage with a ton of fans watching. Kurahara says that he was asked to do something for Enki, who is the big red guy that Kind of looks like uh, the uh, he's South the Park Ox Satan. King. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, he does. That Ox King. But that too. Uh, asked and he and and Kuhara was asked to make a voice recording to create harmony between the human and demon world. Selected them because they are massively popular in both worlds. Uh, and they record a message, and he wants them to record a message for a wake up clock and a lullaby, which is kind of kind of weird. Uh, the whole gang. The the whole gang is out in the audience. Botan, Keiko, Yukina, Shizuro, George, or Jorge, uh, and even Quinma are there. Quinma is it was in his like big boy form. Uh, Kuohara then walks them through each greeting where they just say good morning and even greetings, and where he gets booed for it. Uh, Yusuke's wake up is uh, wake up or I'll kick your ass, and his good night is go to bed or I'll kick your ass. Very straightforward. <laughs> Uh, Kurama's wake up uh, got a little bit more fanfare saying wake up and spend the day with me like always and his good night is decorate the room with roses a beautiful rose has thorns good night princess Jesus Christ that's so, boy so I'm gonna go set those to my alarm clock so I'll be right back no <laughs> and unfortunately they had one more unfortunately they're missing somebody which they got and uh you hear them in the room, and they turn the light on, and it's Hiei. They Unfortunately, they need to trick him into saying a certain line to stitch a good morning, good night message together, as he'd never say it personally. Kurama tricks Hiei into thinking that if Kurohara doesn't go on a date with Yukina, he'll tell Yukina about Hiei, and spend, and Kurohara and, and Yukina will spend all night together until the next day. Hiei then threatens Kurohara, and Kurama tells Hiei the truth. And the good morning message for for Hiei is, do you dot 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 want to go out dot 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 on a date with me in the demon world? Uh, it looks like he only did one of them, though, not a lullaby. Uh, Hiei gets super pissed and whips out his Jigan eye to kill everyone and destroy the voice data. Yusuke is excited to fight him and is ready with a spirit gun. While both Hiei and Yusuke are fighting, the rest of the gang evacuate the entire stadium until they, while they destroy each other completely. 
Okay, so I have a question about this. What was this? I know it wasn't part of the original release. I know it was part of the 2011 release. What the fuck was this? I um, I enjoyed the, it personally. I think the little I know with maybe because I I've seen some like idol groups do this, but it's just essentially fan service. Where, oh no, I understand the content. I mean, yeah. what was the production of this specific segment versus the others, and why was it made in 2011? I thought it was a fan made thing, personally. Yeah, uh, it came. It came it, off as it's like an, a, a CD drama that somebody animated. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking there may be a pre-existing CD drama, and then they just put clips. That's the only thing I could think of. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually, because there yes, are you show CD dramas. It doesn't match any of the art style, so I'd have to take a look, though. Okay, that makes way more sense then. That makes sense to me because I know around like the late 2010s or. Since the 2010, there's been like a lot of nostalgia and resurgence of Yuhakusho content, so this could have been one of the first waves of it. Okay, I get it now then. So, uh, back to... I was about to describe this as canon material, but this is not canon material. More back to professionally, originally made material or something, I don't know. But, uh, so, there, we're going to go through a series of image songs for the different characters. This one being Yusuke's Dead or Alive. Uh, it's a music video starting with Yusuke shooting the ray gun, then dramatic posing with his friends, walking away from explosions like a bamf, lots of explosions, uh, daddy dramatic face in the background. Um, could you explain that, Patrick? Is that, is that like Ryzen's face or are you saying yeah, that Yusuke's Ryzen's a daddy face. now? No, it's, it's okay. Ryzen's face in the background. Sorry. I forgot his name. Okay. Uh, long hair Yusuke shows up, reflects, uh, on his friends, his enemies, also daddy. Uh, dramatic solo friend posing, Keiko waifu dramatic anime posing, feathers, gang <laughs> posing again. Yeah, this is... I've never thought about just describing a music video in these terms. <laughs> I, I guess I was telling, uh, I was, I was telling Marcus before I went with the Beavis and Butthead style of commentary on this one. Yeah, this, like, now that I'm reading... So this is the first time I'm actually looking at the notes for this part, and it's really just like a mystery science theater. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, you mentioned the visuals are pretty Bon Jovi-esque. I can definitely see that. They're brighter than Bon Jovi, but, like, what's brought in, if you want to explain that? Uh, well, the first thing is the title, Wanted, De- Dead or Alive. He, bon Jovi is a song, Wanted, Dead or Alive. You know, Wanted, Dead or Alive. But anyways, that's why, and the music well, Pat, was you got sort of... you running. Look at that. Oh, yeah. I was about Look to pull that. out the lighter and start little... waving. Yeah, what is that? What is that? <laughs> Wanted. But anyways, uh... Yeah, it just had that rock guitar vibe. The voice act, the voice, the guy that sings it, I'm pretty sure it's the voice actor, j- it has that Bon Jovi esque tone to him. So I just put it together. So yeah, gonna, nice. Kind of got Bon Jovi esque, but the visuals were nice and the song was good. I liked it quite a bit. I think his is the least interesting of the four videos. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. The song Hannah, how would you tell us? Video. Oh, there's also a short uh, clip at the end, too. I mean, what I was it? Got... I don't remember, actually. I might have just fucking flipped to the next one at that point. Oh, there's <laughs> there, there's a short thing at the end where you, where there's a scene at the end with Yusuke and Keiko in a coffee shop, and then they run outside and walk across train tracks talking. I have no idea what they said because it was all in Japanese. So I, I want to name my first stupid. son Gon. Yeah, and I'm going to abandon him. <laughs> all I'm saying is... Give me more Yusuke and Keiko out of the actual, like, 
context of the series and I want more of them. That's all I'm saying. I got mixed feelings about them. We've discussed it previously, but I, I honestly don't think it's a super great match. And I think that some of the early parts of Hunter Hunter are in reference to that not having been a good match. Oh jeez! <laughs> <laughs> right. You're gonna make you're gonna I'm make me go through the. I'm already getting a little hyped up because I I disagree, but I also see your point. You're gonna make <laughs> me go through the entire series. Keiko just deserves better, guys. I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yusuke like, tries to do his best. Does he well, though? Like first first scene, he's sexually harassing her. Last scene, <laughs> he just leaves her on a beach alone until like the for three years. <laughs> Wait, you guys, uh, so wait, that's not how you're supposed to have a relationship. Oh, he came back. No, I'm not. I'm okay, not, I'm not touching this. We are gonna keep on going. Uh, my feeling is really that Yusuke. Nice. Sorry. Oh, I just was gonna say the art style for this music video is one of my favorites. Oh. Um, just how everything is drawn, and I think some part of the anime. I think it's either. I think it was the last with the the Demon Kings had a similar style to this actually no it was like with um the chapter black there's some episodes you know with a really crazy animation that had a similar style i think it's very clean very cool so that's my input yeah out, out of all the uh all of these uh video music uh music videos that i did watch this was my favorite out of the book Interesting. Yeah, I think I might have just liked the weird style of some of the other ones more. Mm-hmm. I like um, how everyone's legs are really long in this one, They got too. those anime legs. Are they like they, Sailor Moon? Shoujo like, legs. Version? <laughs> legs long? Yeah. Like, Dude, all I think legs, no torso? <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I love like, the, like the, guy, the guys with those long legs that just go on for miles. Like, where it's like, it's just... like the, the student's like fucking legs... You're a big Shinobu Sensui kind of guy. Oh man, like I love, like I, I, just, I, it's, I just love the design of it. It looks so cool. I don't know for some reason, long legged anime guys always look kind of cool to me, like badasses, you know? Yeah, I guess. I, I'm gonna say one last thing on this. I'm really, I really hope there's someone whose profile on a dating website all it says is shoujo legs, yaoi hands, and that's it. <laughs> oh. Yes. Why? Oh, no. oh boy. Oh, man. Guys. Excuse me. Let me update my Tinder profile. <laughs> Hashtag <Yeah>. disproportions. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> I'm going to get some surgery, guys. I'm just going to have long anime legs and make myself six feet tall. stilts into your legs? Oh, God. Yeah, pretty much. Get some knee surgery like in White Chicks. Oh, oh my God. What the fuck? <laughs> No, White Chicks is a movie, a Wayne's Brother movie, and they're, you know, they pretend to be these two white blonde ladies, um, two black men, for part of a mission they're on, and at (laughs) at one point they're like, did you get taller? He's like, yeah, I got my knees done. And that's how they explain it away, and then that's it. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. I forgot that line for that movie. (laughs) I I absolutely hate that movie, and I forgot it existed. (laughs) You hate the movie? Lol. I would okay. suck for anything Wayne's Brothers, I'll be real honest. Like, oh my Wayne's God. Brothers are the shit. I love those guys. And Living wrong. Color, scary movie. Don't get me wrong. I like the Wayne's Brothers. I hate white chicks. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair white enough chicks there. was kind of... Th- that that one the baby one. <laughs> Except for the dance scene when they played it Stricky. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think out of the only two things that really I can't justify is the is white chicks and the uh, the baby one. 
Little Man. Yeah, Little Man. Those are the two Wayne's Brothers things I just can't forgive. Like, I want to argue about Little Man, but I know it was bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. scary movies after, like, three were really bad, too. But I don't but think they were, were they affiliated? They weren't in them. Yeah, they oh, weren't yeah, in those true. later ones. Did they, they, they even produce? Did they sell the rights to the scary movies? Or I think they did. I think I they think did. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think they did one, two, three, and said, "All yeah. right, this is getting dumb. I'm out." Yeah. No, I think they only did two because I don't think they were in in three at all. Let me find out. One second. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I really I like three, but I recognize that it was the beginning of the end. Yeah, but three was still really funny, though. Not gonna lie. No, guys, three is my favorite, but you it's you guys the realize of the end. that. Scary Movie 3 was the real reason I was scared and I couldn't go to sleep at night because of the ring <laughs> within Scary Movie 3. So I never actually saw the ring. I just watched Scary Movie 3 and that was enough to terrify me for like years. Yo, so, I got a spoiler for you. My girlfriend yeah. has the exact same experience. So, Jesus. Num- number one, the Waynes Brothers were not in Scary Movie 3. Okay, that makes Number sense. two, I'm a complete coward and whenever a scary movie came on, I would refuse to watch it. And my mother and sister love scary movies, and they rented The Ring from Blockbuster. And I, and I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm going to go play video games. And my sister ridicules me to this day about that. I mean, by association, I'm also scared of Pootie Tang. So. <laughs> Did you ever watch that? I forgot about this. No. Oh, Dude, I, don't I even fucking know. love Pootie Tang. I refuse to watch it just because I can't. You need to watch Pootie Tang at least once in your life. Oh, no, oh, we've no. talked about watching Pootie Tang on for this show. You're a fucking guest on that episode for sure. I, I'm I, not gonna, I remember you, I, I made a reference ever, to that on the thing. The the and his new bass hit song. God that, damn it. Yeah, and they were wondering what I was I'm doing. Mad, I was like, oh, that's, that's a joke. I'm mad <laughs> because you said that, and I knew what you were talking about. In in this in my office, I was kind of doing the mouthing of it. <laughs> yeah, I yep. d- actually did the mouthing when I did it, and when I did it again to explain it, I still did the mouthing for it. If but you, you just can't yo, Marcus, it. I hate to spoil our podcast, but when you get to it later, our theory is that the contents of the chapter black tape are just Pootie Tang. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, why? I forgot, I forgot we said that. that, guys. We need to have like a book of canon. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm gonna say. I was, that was actually a reference to Scary Movie Three as well. Cause it like, is. Yeah, I returned what I thought was Pootie Tang. Whenever I finally get to that part of the podcast, I just want you to know I'm gonna email, I'm gonna DM Patrick because he's on my page. I'm gonna message him and just say, "God damn it!" <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. You should because I fucking I actually watched Pootie Tang after I saw Scary Movie Three because I was like, "How bad could it be?" And I saw on HBO one day. I was like, "Damn, this movie's actually good." I saw Pootie Tang before <laughs> Scary Movie Three. Damn, yeah, Pootie Tang is oh, makes- shit. I'm Wait, hold on. Movie. I'm looking at the cast of Pootie Tang. Lance Crowther, Kristen Bell, J.B. Smoove, yep. Jennifer Coolidge, Wanda yep. Sykes, and Chris Rock. I mean, it's based yep. off of Chris Dude, Rock's the, the sketch, cast I guess. is fucking all, I'm not, all not superstar I, actors. I, I, since the podcast is basically going downhill, I am not ashamed <laughs> to admit that I had a Pootie Tang S belt when I was in high school. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Fuck. Dude, it, how old it, are you? I... I was in high school, so I was at least a sophomore in high school. It was a the belt buckle was a bejeweled no. crown. No, this is the I'm, best episode of our podcast. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I think I still actually have it, but it was a bejeweled crown, and I wore it to school, and I got made fun of. 
And I kept on making Pootie Tang jokes every time I wore it. And oh, half God. the half the kids in my school didn't get it, but the half <laughs> that did get it, they were like, "I see what you're doing." I yeah, no, you'd be my best friend in high school, hands down. I would have, I probably would have pissed my pants laughing because I would have been like, "God damn, dude!" Like, I think, <laughs> I think, I think I was in uh, my English class, and we were doing some speech or something. And in part of my speech, I was given a really like important. Like, I was given an actual speech. And in the middle of my speech, I said, tippy-tow, tippy-tay. And one of my friends was in the back of the classroom <laughs> and just started dying because I was I wore the belt specifically for that day. Okay. <laughs> and the teacher okay. didn't understand what I was doing. <laughs> so she tried to write me off, write points off for it. And I told her what I was saying like where it came from and she's like you're a liar and I showed her the clip and she's like I hate you here's your your egg get out of my room (laughs) we need to have you on another time and like hear more stories about shit like this but let's finish this episode okay let's it's it's cool horrors dachi yes Hannah get on it um so it's very weird it starts with snowflakes and him shirtless with a katana um, a bunch of monks, uh, guys are in a temple. There's like, um, a weird face mask lady crying. You have a very solemn Kuabara or Kuahara at a temple. Um, yeah, the voice actor is like not the best singer, but it, I, th- it's okay for his range and I think it really suits the instrumental for sure. Um, the video was to re- reinforce Kuahara's image as a modern man steeped in tradition and the song is like pretty good i really liked it i think it suited him like i think there's also shots of like yukina right as well or alluring to yukina i think so yeah pretty much i mean i think it shows like a woman in traditional outfit but doesn't show their face but you can kind of guess it's yukina or the ideal of yukina mm-hmm um, yeah. It kind of felt like this is the equivalent of, like, someone in the States making, like, a tough guy country song about, like, their hard life. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, I I like this one a lot. I think it very different instrumentally, but I think it suited, like, Kuwabara to a T. I'm a big fan. Yeah, it was, it pretty, kinda... it was pretty good. It came, it came off really weird, though, but it was good at the end. The art style, I don't know the exact animes or mangas, but the art style is very old school. Like, uh, I don't I don't want to say any an- manga or anime animes because I may, could be wrong, but it just, it gives me really old school vibes of like old school manly manga, lack of a better word. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know any specific references, but I've seen stuff that looks like this. It's like halfway between early manga and, like, late Japanese, like, classic art. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, it's kind of a cool look. I like the style a lot on this one, and there's parts that look like watercolor paintings, etc. Yeah. So, let's switch from the manliest the manliest boy to the uh, most beautiful man. So, for Kurama, it's Kori no Knife I think that effectively means like the ice knife something. 
because uh, Kori is uh, ice, knife is knife, and then I don't know what the rest is. All right, so it's, it's it, in reference to his scene with uh, Toya. Oh, that makes sense. So Karama is standing in front of a snowy window. He's looking out at the sea at things. Uh, it shows Karama crossing his arms. Uh, so Yoko Karama is basically bear-hugging uh, red-headed Karama. Karama's, Karama's hugging himself. Karama. <laughs> red-headed Karama's wearing some uh, kinky gloves and a ball chain. <laughs> it's a luck. Hey, I'm here yeah. for it. He's serving some looks while reflecting on his friends. And there's a lot of running um, and anime falling into water. There's also whips. (laughs) (laughs) There's also whips. The Kurama story. Like a very abstract RuPaul Drag Race winner music video. (laughs) The singing is the second best. And the song's okay. It could have used more. Um, it could have used more. Maybe some house beats, and it would have been good. Aren't there yeah. some random English <laughs> lyrics in the middle of it, like "running through my dreams," and then goes back into Japanese? I'm not gonna make any apologi- apologies for what I'm about to say, but I, Karamba is my favorite character. He can do no wrong in this entire series. So There's I don't no need care. to apologize. I don't care what he does. If they want to do an intro with him running through a field of, I don't even know, a field full of like military applications. <laughs> it's perfect intro to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. Like this one and the next one are the songs that I get, actually like know some of the lyrics to and like get stuck in my head. I had never actually watched Azo Hakusho in its entirety until like very recently, but I had these songs like downloaded like ten years ago and was listening to them. He had it in his iPod and was listening to it during high school in class. Probably. Mm. Um right. but yeah, if unless you guys have more to say on that, we can move on to the Hiei song. Yeah. Okay, so the Hiei song is uh Kuchibue ga Kikoeru. Um so I actually have a long history with this song because I had a MIDI file of this song before I even knew it was from Yu Hakusho. It was just part of a large thing of anime themes I downloaded back in the day. And, like, I always thought thought the MIDI was beautiful, and I didn't put two and two together until, like, five years later in, like, 2010 or something when I realized that it was actually, like, a Yu Hakusho song. So it's... I Did really, really like desktop, the song of the instrument. Uh, desktop theme when you logged in? No, no, but I actually really like the song both vocally and instrumentally. Um, I think the song means like when I hear a whistle or something like that, and I think it's supposed to be like the allure of the wilderness, basically. So it starts with uh, Hiei falling into a city of lights, uh, it, sort of in the manner of a vampire anime, um, or an anime vampire, and uh, the light balls are attacking him, and he's fighting light balls, uh, you know, just normal everyday shit. And uh, a fire dragon attacks him, and he finds a lady in crystals, probably his mom, and it, he cuts the crystals to reveal his naked mom with her bare breasts just out there, 
And uh, his mom, who has, you know, to this point, had blue hair, turns to orange hair, and is now a naked angel and flies away. So, said he, you know, misses naked mom slash orange-haired lady, and the orange hair thing, I don't know, there's a lot here. I feel there's a lot here. Uh, so it ends with him walking into a town during rain, and uh, Patrick Snow says third best singing. Yeah, I don't think the singing is like amazing, but I do really, really like the song on a number of levels. I think this video is pretty fucking strange, because I think in a previous episode I had described that the transformation of his mom from blue hair to orange hair makes the whole thing with him and Makuro feel Oedipal, because even though blue and orange was probably used as like a hey blue-orange color contrast, which is a really common thing in film and music videos... It made her look a lot like Makuro if she wasn't completely scarred up. And, like, they already have, like, a really weirdly edible relationship. So I was just like, man, y'all are just taking that subtext and making it text. So he's one of those Freud's boys, then? Yeah, he's a Freud's boy. <laughs> I, I guess, like, what did you guys think of this? Because, like, there's a lot here to unpack. Uh, whoever the first time watched it, I was very confused. Second time I watched it, I pretty much caught everything you were seeing. And just, wow, he's got a lot to deal with. He has got some issues he needs to talk to somebody about. He has a lot to impact. Okay, so you know how his father's a fire demon that they never meet? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is him kind of dealing with, like, that. And, like... I think I've made jokes to this effect before, but I earnestly wouldn't be surprised if some of the basis of Todoroki from My Hero Academia was, like, partially inspired by this. Not, like, taken, just more like, what if I took that idea and fleshed it out a trillion times better? Fair enough. Yeah. So does that mean that Todoroki's a Freud's boy as well? I don't think he's as weird about it. I think it's more like just like, oh, I'm going to reconnect with my estranged mother after she was abused by my father, who the show is now trying to recuperate. My my psych minor is coming out, so I'm just going to be quiet. Go for it, man. Fucking go off. Nope. Nope. I will say Freud was... I will agree with Freud up until he got to the Oedipus, Oedipus complex. Oh, yeah. no. And so, then that's when he kind of went off the deep end. So, for the record, I'm not saying the Oedipus complex is really a thing in real life. I'm saying that, like, as a method of, like, literary analysis, it's it's interesting because a lot of people bake it into stories, even though it's not as real of a phenomena as people baked into the stories. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I I think that basically, I think that it is there in a lot of stories much more so than it is there in real life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I I, think this is one of those stories. Yeah. I remember an old podcast I listened to, uh, they were trying to explain, uh, Freud and how he liked how I guess something about his mom he explained it very poorly. It's like yeah, it's like one of those Freud's boys situations. <laughs> so every time, every time I, I hear that, I just think of Freud's boys. It's I, the dumbest fucking thing. I, I remember being in college and taking mm-hmm. some psych. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was a psych major, so I took classes with her naturally, as one does. And they got to Freud, and I was like, oh yeah, he sounds really good. And then they started explaining like later Freud, and I was like, oh. I think, yeah, yeah. Would, go I ahead. I always wondered, like, how do you get from, oh, just like, explaining the different facets of your personality and mindset to being like, everyone's got weird feelings about their parents. And see, I'm like, eh. see, I justified, 
I was able to justify it in my own way, but because I wasn't there, I don't know what Freud was actually saying. To me, this is completely off the rails. But to me, Freud was saying, hey, I want, at a certain point in development, you want to say, I can do this better than my father and I want to take his role. Not saying I want to bang my mom, but to me, that's what I think he was trying to get across and was just terrible at expressing himself. I, I don't know. His All of his psychology, from what I know, is really tied into sexuality and, like, exclusively yeah. into sexuality. Like, oral fixations and anal fixations. And, and, like... and, that's, and that's the part where my argument falls apart, so I will admit <laughs> that one. <laughs> I, okay, so... I mean, I get what you're saying, Marcus, because at the core, it kind of makes sense about, like, soci... about basic biology and like evolution with parents trying to pass their genetics to the next generation in order to be stronger and fitter which could kind of fit which for always being the children eventually they are supposed to replace their parents in a way but then he took it to like another level that's just like really weird right. and uncomfortable the, the way that I like to describe it is if you're I like sports so you're a sports fan and the owner of your team's like, yeah, we're going to try and win. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he says, we're going to sell our best player and get someone who is complete trash and say, he's going to lead us to the promised land. And everyone's like, what are you doing? No, that's dumb. That's so, yes, how, I, that's how I look at Freud. I think, I think um, like, one thing that's interesting is that, like, a lot of his ideas regarding, like, attraction to your parents – is like a terrible conclusion based on a real observation that stands true to this day that uh family of like who you were raised by does determine the types of people that you tend to be attracted to. Like you look for something that emulates like a suitable environment for you, but it is one subconscious and two doesn't involve you actually wanting to fuck either of your parents. And so I think it's just more like, he's like, I have point a, and point B, I'm going to draw a line between them. And you're like, okay, cool. I can see drawing a line between them. And he's like, then I'm going to extend the line 10 trillion times further than the line should go. And you're like, mm-hmm. I would like, to, I would like to say for the record, I am not a psychologist. I do not have a degree in psychology. This is what I picked up when I was finishing my undergrad. <laughs> yeah, no worries. But yeah, no, this, uh, this video is a lot. Um, I think someone else could probably do a better job explaining like how Todoroki is kind of like Hiei-ish. But I I mean, it's kind of weird because they have the opposite relation because Hiei is always willing to show off the fire stuff. And the only thing he ever did regarding ice in the entire series was just like when he revealed to Seryu that he wasn't actually harmed at all by any of his ice attacks. He's just like, oh, no, man, that's not a thing. And then it only gets explained a hundred episodes later. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, made from ice, so this isn't a problem. Retcons are fun. Yeah. (laughs) Did you actually start watching My Hero? I thought you didn't watch that. Me? Yeah. No, I watch My Hero. I just don't think it's, like, amazing. I I think, like, there's some good ideas there. I just don't think it's, like, amazing. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Demon Slayer as well. What? But I won't, we won't get into that. Uh, I think that's, uh, that about does it, though, right? Yeah, I guess, like, how did you guys feel about this overall? This is probably the last... This is for sure the last Canon Yu Hakusho thing we will cover. We might interview people in the future. Hopefully that continues, because I really enjoyed 
interviewing Chuck, but um, yeah. this is like the last U Hawk Show content that isn't just fan made content. Like, how do you guys feel? Um, I mean, don't we have the the dub for the two shots though? Uh, I don't think there's any value to watching and covering that again, unless oh, we like enough. fucking had the voice actors on with us. Yeah, we can. We we'll find an excuse to do it eventually. I think we're gonna eventually <laughs> do it. We'll just have to find a reason why. But I liked it overall. I I think it's kind of bittersweet. This is like the last, the very last last, unless we at least start going over the audio drama CDs, which is going to be kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. There are subbed versions of those, but like, man, that's digging the deepest, deepest, deepest content. We'll literally <laughs> find we'll we'll find everything. We'll, everything will be covered eventually. Everything. But anyways, <laughs> I I kind of didn't like the first part because it just felt like outtakes. But the later parts are pretty good, like the dreams are pretty trippy, and some of this music video stuff's kind of cool. But I thought it was only okay. I mean, it wasn't anything, like, out of the, like, oh my god, this is amazing Yu Hakusho content, but, you know, it's, uh, it filled, uh, filled my stomach, I guess. Personally, I thought I did not like the Golden Seal at all. It might be because I saw the dub and I just couldn't watch it. But everything else I enjoyed. Um, The little bit of filler that we did get did satisfy me enough. The um, dreams were trippy, like you said, but I enjoyed them still because they were trying to tell a story, even though it felt disconnected. But as far as I stand, I enjoyed everything that I saw, minus the Golden Seal. Yeah, I share a similar sentiment. I don't like the Golden Seal at all. I kind of, like, forgot what happened in half of it already. Um, I love the Ezo, Aizo, Hakusho stuff. Like, even if it's weird and makes no sense, like, I think I remember watching it a decade or two ago when I was just like thirsty for Yo Hakusho stuff and I stumbled upon these and it was on YouTube back then as well and I was like oh my god I can't believe it continued and I was watching like all no subbed it was like raw Japanese footage so I didn't understand a thing and I had to like look up I think it was like on a live journal or something like a translation of it so I could like read that while I was watching, so it it's fun. And I love the music videos. I think that was just, like, a fun touch, you know, in like, just, like, extra content that I never thought, like, was there until, like, way later on, you know? So I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I feel the same. The Golden Seal, it's all sand by that it was a bad filler episode that wasn't actually an episode and as a as a hawkish show stuff i really like um even though for the dream ones i forgot why they made them but i'm glad they did because i always appreciate weird stuff and the music videos i really liked as well yeah, I think the Golden Seal was the single best and most important content of the Yu Yu Hakusho franchise. <laughs> Fuck you! Damn. Yeah, I agree. Oh god! Um, and the rest gonna, of the show just pales in comparison. You're gonna yeah, make you know me what, go you back. You know what? Suck it! Suck it! Chapter Black. 
You're going to make me go back through that entire OVA and take screenshots of that, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. I mean, we're, we're, I already did half your job for you, so you just got to do the other half. <sighs> God. Also, share that image you just sent me on Facebook, by the way, on Discord. Oh, no, it was, it was coming. I, I was okay. just waiting for the podcast to end, so everyone on the page would be like, what the hell? Cool. <laughs> oh, man. But thank you so much, Marcus, for, like, coming in and and being a part of this. I appreciate y'all having me. Um, like I said from the jump, I am very thankful that you guys would extend this invitation to me. I never would have thought that me running a meme slash shitpost page would have got me on a podcast. So you had, me, you had me when you started talking about the air fryer because that's literally the greatest right. invention. Air fryer is bae. It is. That, be, that being said, the girlfriend uses air fryer the air fryer more than I do. I've converted Fair to enough. the cast iron skillet. Yes. That damn. is also a good option, but damn. Cast iron skillet. But damn, I, I can't deny that every time I cook stuff in the air fryer, it's like 20 times better. It's weird. But but in all serious uh, seriousness, sorry, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, it was a joy and a pleasure to be with y'all. No. Yeah. It's great having you, man. Yeah, we really enjoyed having you, and hopefully we'll have you again in the future, because this was... Honestly, you feel like the sixth cast member. Yeah. <laughs> Feels <laughs> natural. We slide right in, like two pegs with a a circle. Let me if you what? Ever, <laughs> That was almost as bad as my reference I made earlier. <laughs> um but on the real, if you guys ever want me to be back, um just shoot me a message. Can I plug my channel my page? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, yeah please do your plug now. Thirty minutes um, so, do it. <laughs> So I run, like I said, I run a meme slash shitpost page called Yu Yu Hakushu Core. It's not really like the rest of the core pages on Facebook. It's kind of, it's Yu Yu Hakushu, but it also is just a lot of me talking about my relationship and um, work. It's I try and be as positive as can be. I try and help people if I can. But like I said, it's all about having fun. At the end of the day, it's a Facebook page where I post memes. Mm-hmm. it's a it great should. page though it's a lot of funny stuff and a lot of very relatable posts um, yeah, I, I think was, a I was... couple of us follow you yeah Can we link I it definitely love the girlfriend ones stuff. those are really cute thank you thank you I do appreciate it some of them are real some of them are exaggerations and some of them I get in trouble for my girlfriend she's literally right over my shoulder right now so I gotta be careful <laughs> what I say alright so uh, Hannah if you could just uh, take us away yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat our Facebook at the Spirit Hunter Pod and our Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. If you enjoy the show and want to find a way to introduce it to other people, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The algorithm determines our ability to be discovered, and your review could put us over the edge. Um, also, heads up, today's intro music was made by Soul or Harmoryu. Check them out at youtube.com slash user slash Harmoryu. Awesome. See you on the other side. Later. See you guys. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>
يرمي ويصيب الأهداف يسعى دوما لتحقيق الهدف